0: When you first got to the Varsity football team at Lake Travis, who was that first person to kind of bust your butt and welcome you to the Varsity level competition?
1: Oh, no doubt, his name is Robert Turner. He uh yeah. unbelievable offensive lineman, uh unreal strength, a good, you know, good guy off the field, a guy I actually became really good friends with. Um one of our leaders, but you know, I was I was a dumb sophomore outside backer that, you know, I get a down block and I run straight up field. Like I'm about to make a tackle and he's pulling it. And like, it was bad. It was real bad. Um, But I mean, yeah, he was, I was like, oh boy, like that's, you know, now on the other side when I would do it, it was a little bit different because that guard wasn't as good, but I mean, he, yeah, he definitely was, I was like, okay, this, this, this cat's a different, different animal, but he, uh he was good. He had, he had a great career, like Travis um, went on, played in Mexico um, background told him he was an inch too short or Texas golf. So he was like that kind of, and he was six, two, but it's not yeah, like he was really yeah. short, but when I think he was a three or four year starter in New Mexico, um, his senior year, I think he was like honorable mention all American, uh, which pretty impressive in New Mexico, you know? And then, yeah. um, Jets drafted him maybe fifth or sixth round and he he hung around there for like six or seven years. So he was, he was a good one, but that was definitely uh, an eye opener and,
2: I always feel like I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insurance them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bump my head. Lost my mind, insurance them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track, just one more time. My family think I bought my head, lost my mind, and them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough. I'm just fine, I'm good enough. But you should be told I need some therapy. Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy. All right, welcome back to another
0: brand new episode of the Team Player Podcast. This is episode number 76. This is a guy that I had some legendary battles with during my during my time as defensive coordinator at Ridgepoint High School while he was over at Texas City. He is, and uh, and I guess from that rivalry actually st- uh, stemmed a beautiful friendship, which to this day, me and me and this guy still still yeah. keep in touch and talk. But he is the former offensive coordinator uh, of te- at the Tech City High School, and now a current regional manager for CoachCom Headsets. It's my pleasure to welcome my friend Chase Fix into the show.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm happy to do this. It'll be fun. Absolutely, man.
0: If you're a part of the team player movement, please make sure you've given us the five-star rating. It just takes a couple seconds. And uh, that helps us so much for more people to find the show. So we've got perfect five stars on both uh, Spotify and Apple right now. So we appreciate uh, the support. If you want to leave a written review, we'll read those on the show as well. And you can hit the follow button to subscribe and get a new episode in your queue every Sunday. We'll be honored if the team player podcast made it into your rotation. And I'm your host, James Kovaleski. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. It's kind of funny, Coach. You're, you're welcome to varsity moment. I've heard that a couple times uh, already. Uh, the uh, edge player running up the field. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Stephen McCormick told yeah. the exact same story, and just having the puller come to you know wreck your world. So I guess for all of the dads listening or parents listening, if you have a son that plays defensive end or outside linebacker, it's our job to teach them to avoid <laughs> avoid that from. Yes.
1: If you get a down block squeeze,
0: it's a lot. There that's it is. A,
3: that's a lot less. <laughs>
0: If you get a down block squeeze, and, I love it, man. It coming.
3: So,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, hey, man, you know, and, and if the fans of the show know that I'm a huge jersey collector. That's my only hobby. And so I've got hundreds of jerseys. I'm you said you love all Texas teams. I'm actually wearing a Texas Longhorns jersey here, man, in your honor. Because you are from I like it. you're from our state capital, man. And you're you're from Lake Travis. So you're from a you know a very yeah, very successful uh, football powerhouse factory uh, in the Austin area. This is a number 11 jersey. This is actually a Westlake guy, Ellinger. Uh, okay, A <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. little bit of a rival there. But uh, talk to us about Lake Travis. So I just, you know, about maybe half hour northwest of downtown Austin. Beautiful part of the state. Just I think a lot of people really enjoy that part part of Texas. I mean, can you just talk to us about growing up in Lake Travis?
1: Yeah, well, so I was actually born – my parents lived in Austin, um, okay. both of my parents, both of my parents worked in the capital. So, you know, obviously close commute. Well, me and my sister were 10 years apart and so she was about to start middle school and, you know, they didn't want her going, you know, inner city and all that. So they started searching like where, you know, what people do now, like where's the one horse towel well, back then they were all one horse towns. It was Lake Travis. It was Cedar. All the places that have blown up now. Yeah. They were small little, you know, like, so yeah. Lake Travis, Cedar Park, they, they went to all of them and they loved Lake Travis. They thought, well, obviously there's a lake there, so it's nice, but it's funny when they moved out there, Lake Travis was a two way school. Yeah. And it was nothing. The people that lived there were either like people just wanted to get in the hill country and get off the grid. People that like own land and just like ran cattle or in the actual subdivision of Lake Way, which is nestled right up to the lake, nothing but retired people to play golf. That was it. There was no there was not a lot of young families at the right, time right. So and what's funny is like, so you I kind of got to see the whole transformation from the very start to there to the there to now, right. Um so when my sister was there, they were awful. It, 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 they were okay. at other sports football was awful. like they I remember Smithville, you schedule homecoming at Lake Travis because that's the only game they knew they would win. <laughs> wow, like it was that bad. Yeah, it was brutal. And then when I, I remember when I you know when did you're in LA elementary school, you know whoever the the primetime player is, you think he's like the best ever, right? And so um, there was a guy named Ben Reed who he's he's a coach now at Dripping Springs, but um, and he was a running back, and he was like the first big time like back. And I mean, he went to Angelo State. I mean, good, you know, he's a good player, but he's yeah. not like a you know the the guys they got coming in there now, um, and then, so my seventh grade year, a guy named Jim shoemaker um, they hired him from Mansfield. Um, he's he actually opened up, I think Morton Ranch, Katie Morton Ranch, okay, um, down the road. But before you know, so he kind of played Travis, and he kind of he came in with some new ideas of just the way and they were and all that. And then I found, I found out after the fact back talking to him that they were scared to death that he was gonna come in and make football important and all the other sports would be bad. Because mm-hmm. he was like, that's not like he's like, your other sports are okay. If we're gonna enhance them, but like yeah. we've got to get, you know, and yeah stuff that everyone does now, you know, the two athletic periods, coaches right, and athletic, right. you know, just that kind of stuff they weren't doing. Um and so he so he's yeah, he came in that would be year 2098, I think. Um and I think first year first year was two and eight. It went a five and five. And then his, his, his third year went seven and three. That was the first time Lake Travis never made the playoffs. Yeah. Um uh, and where they actually were had a r- really good year and they made it the second round, got literally got beat on like a fifty-five yard hail mary So I mean they wow. should have made it.
3: Yeah.
1: And they were they were kind of clicking and they getting real, yeah. really good on offense. But um and then he all of a sudden left. And we're like, seriously, like what you know, and he was from up for Dallas. He took I think he left to take the Halton City job. Um Found out afterwards there were some administrative battles yeah. Yeah. that you know that, that happens. Um, and then they hired Charlie Sadler, who I played for my sophomore and junior, and um, was not very successful. Uh, I learned a lot of football. He was the so like in the eighties when Oklahoma had their heyday, uh, like a Mac Brown was their offensive coordinator. Charlie Sadler, Sadler was the team. Wow. And so. Yeah, at the time, Mac Brown was the head coach at all at Texas. So I think he kind of, you know, helped, you know, and like I said, great, great guy. Um learned a lot of football from him. It just we just didn't didn't really have very much success. Um so my sophomore and junior year, we went one and nineteen. and I was like, it was like just dang, right? Well, yeah, I hired my junior year, I hired a new superintendent. Um, and he came in and he kind of like flushed everything out, not just athletically. Yeah, he he changed the principals. I mean, he he whatever, brought in Jack Moss from. He was the AD at Waco ISD, um, and you know he he let the football staff go, and then he hired Jeff Dykus from down in the valley. He was down in the valley at Mission. Um, which is funny because me being in Texas City, he was the OC of Texas City '97 when they won their state championship.
3: Wow. So yeah. Yeah. That.
1: He came in, and, like, it was, like, our my senior class, like, we wanted to win. Like, oh, we wanted to win. We should know how, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, he came in, and, like, it was, like, I mean, 90% of us, we were whatever he said was goal. I mean, it was gospel. Yeah. Like, we yeah. were, like, yeah, okay, sure, you know? um Now, he was very demanding, very, I mean, it's, there's one way to do it. It's this way. If you do yeah. anything else, very military but not like yeller and scrim- you know I mean it was
3: yeah yeah he
1: was just very firm in his rules and he didn't matter who you were I mean he was very fair like he didn't have favorites it was if you if you do right you're good. You know if you don't then you're gonna you're gonna have some some issues, you know. Yeah. Um and so senior year, record wise a success we went three and seven. We were one game from the playoffs, but like our biggest loss was by like five points. So it was yeah. like we were, wow, we just didn't know how, you know, like
0: what year was this?
1: That was my, that was the fall of 2003. Okay. 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 So, and then, so then after, then next year, um, that's like Todd Racing from, camp, you know, University of yeah. Kansas. So yeah. Todd was a sophomore and I was a senior. Todd, Todd had an older brother in my grade that was a really good athlete. Um, so Todd was one of our best receivers as a sophomore, and then once because our quarterback was a senior, his office coordinator's son. Once we left, Todd took over, and then like from then on, Blake yeah. Travis has been on it. So, so
0: were the, you guys in four A at the time, or five A, or what was old it?
1: four A, four A. So current five A, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and so what's funny is like our district had like Bastrop, New Braunfels, New Braunfels Canyon, you know, Doe Valley, Lockhart those type of schools so um what's funny is so the quarterback i played with we both went and played at abilene christian together right so that was like i said fall of 2003 so he is the last quarterback that did not go division one for Blake travis
0: wow oh my they god had, that's think, incredible they've
1: had 20 years of division one quarterbacks
0: <laughs>
1: I was like, I mean, that's like
0: that's incredible
3: impressive.
1: and at the time we had no idea todd reeson would turn out to be you know, I mean, he was no. always a good player. You know, but like, yeah. once he like kind of took over, I do this kid's play. Junior, year, we're like, dang, this kind of runs around a little bit, you know. And but in the senior year, they really clicked, and so their senior year, they were really good. They went ten and zero. And I thought I didn't like what is coming from like always losing. You never think like, oh, they'll win state, you know, because yeah, you're like playoffs, so you know, they were ten and zero, and you're like, dang, that's pretty good. And then. They got a bad upset by Austin McCallum, but they were like that yeah. year, that team was kind of put together. They had great receiver, Todd Reeson, great running back. I and then they just yeah. it was just kind of one of those weird games where they got upset. And then after that is when Garrett Gilbert, who played at Texas, yep. and kind of, you know the transfer SMU. We like everyone knew, like once he got there, like something crazy. Cause like when we were seniors, he was in seventh grade. And he was throwing, like, 15-yard comebacks on a rope, like, harder than our senior quarterback. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so – Yeah. Uh, so, his sophomore year, then they got beat the first, second round. And his junior year, they won it. And you're like, dude, they just beat Highland Park? Like, what? And, they, you know, yeah. like, it was like, that's not – and then from there, it really – like, it was just – they were just on the crash course. And, like, whoever got in their way, it seems like – and his senior year, I mean, I, I'd, I'd have to look it up. But, I mean, I don't remember – just looking at scores – like anyone playing even close to them, like even in the play. I mean, I remember I went to the state championship game. They beat Longview like forty-eight to fourteen, and it wasn't even like a halftime. It was twenty-eight nothing and twenty-eight seven. Like it wasn't even a close, you know. And I was like, "Geez, this is this is crazy," you know. It, so
0: it's so it's so interesting, man. Because like I, I think you know, like now I just moved to Katy, you know, and it's like there right. were long periods in Katie's history where they were just like you, you're describing, where they mm-hmm. were the doormat. Same with Pearland was really bad for Tony Heath or North Shore had a long period. Of, <laughs> and so my, my, for all the listeners, if your team is struggling, man, you just never know <laughs> over the course of history, things can change. And so talk to me about, you know, in, in Katy, it, it, it is growing into a giant district. High school number 10 is being built. Is it a Lake Travis ISD? I've never actually I'm not really sure the answer to this. I'm pretty sure you're a one horse town, but is there another school in your district or is it just no. Lake Travis ISD?
1: It's Lake Travis in the district, like land wise, is massive though. Like, oh, it's, it, it would might take be more than it would take you 30, 40 minutes to drive from one end to the other of the district. But I mean, is there land it, to build a,
0: more, or is it kind of? Are they kind oh, of? Oh, yeah, there's a ton more land now. They
1: just they just passed a bond last year to build a second school, so it's going to be very wow, interesting. Wow, there it is. But okay, I've heard though that their goal is to keep Lake Travis 6A. And keep the other one like 581 582 so they never are competing sure so sure. try to get two, two powerhouses um but yeah so and like the district's pretty young still i mean it's the it, late travis got created in 1982. okay so before that everyone that that lives in where Late travis is now we had to drive all the way to dripping springs interesting and then and i i honestly have no idea the process of starting a school district you know i don't, sure, yeah. I don't know if <laughs> the state does that or right no, I, right and 1982 was Lake Travis's first year school district the first year of existence so um but yeah i mean it just it, it was just it was kind of like a plano i mean obviously it's not as big as Plano, but in terms of the growth like yeah. when i was a senior i graduated with 284 There was like 800 in the freshman class, though. So, like, it was just like young people just moving out and moving out. Like, you know, um, it's it's interesting there. I probably just because the type of place it is. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, you got to go to a lot of one horse towns, and that's like the head coach that's been there forever coached this guy. He coached his son, coached his uncle, coached his cousins. Like, Lake Travis is not like, like, people don't come back. (laughs) You know, like, it's not it's not full of people that grew up there and then had kids and like stayed there. Like you kind of graduated, then move on. And then
0: interesting. So it's, it's different than Katie. Cause I mean, here in Katie, I can, there's a lot of familial, uh, familial, you know, generations and generations yes. going to Katie high school. I see it. So yeah. that's interesting. So even though you, Katie and Lake Travis have both had similar successes, you're, you're saying there's people move on after they finish.
1: Yes. I mean, people okay. do not. I mean, now, like I've noticed I've had, I have a few people that I graduated with that live there, but I mean, not, yeah. I mean, maybe three, like okay. it's not, it's a little bit more now than it was, but yeah, I mean, it was just almost, it's almost like, okay, this set of families lives here and then kids graduate. And like my parents did, my parents moved out to Horseshoe Bay because yeah. they're retired, they don't, don't want to deal with traffic. So they sure. get out, <laughs> and, so, and then like a new set of people moving, you know, it's just, and you know, um, you know, now with like the especially the city of Austin, like a bunch of people from California moved in there. You know, so different types of families, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a it's kind of cool to see, kind of like when I first moved there, how bad they were, and then kind of when they were on that run, it was pretty impressive. You know, because I was like, dude, I mean, I think I just missed it, but you know, is it I mean, is it ever kind it of funny
0: like when you and your buddies get to be- get together and have a beer and people, you know, they're like, or they're like, hey, where'd you play high school football? Oh, Lake Travis. Oh man, you must have won state actually i went four and 26 over my career
1: yeah "Yeah, right before you know yeah i'll tell people like we're the class that started it you know we we set the the standard you know but no (laughs) what's funny though what's funny is like during their run you know when i was a young coach i was like i want to be a coordinator i want to be and i was like 25 like i was an idiot you know but that's i want to be a coordinator and so i was applying to like these like little two-way schools whatever and like the guy and I would get a ton of interviews and guys yeah. would tell me like, yeah, I saw Lake Travis. And I was like, I got to call this guy. Like, sure. So I sure think to. it helps in like the football world. Cause it's like, right. It's got so much cloud. they're like, okay, let's see. You know? Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. Like, you know, people always ask like, where are you from? Where are you from? But, like, Travis, oh, you always be like a response. like Oh, really? You know, exactly. and I think just gets the football success. And it's a, in a really great place to live, you know, hill country, yeah. you got a lake. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, Growing up there, that was normal to me. Like, I didn't think it was awesome. It was just, that's where, you know, and so now that I've left, I've been up at DFW. I've been here in Houston. So now when I go back, now I'm like, now I understand why people are obsessed with Austin and, like, like, it's just different. It's a different type of feel, different kind of lifestyle. So now I get it. But growing up there, you know, it's funny. Like, summer workouts, I mean, there'd be 10 to 15 kids' vehicles, There'd be a boat on the back, and so as soon as we're done working out, we're going to we're going to lake the rest of the day. That's you know, it's just awesome. That was the, that was the routine. <laughs> like, you know, oh <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was it was fun. I mean, I had I, I'm glad I grew up there. You know, it was yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, and obviously, especially back then, not a lot, not a ton of diversity. You know, which
3: yeah,
1: I got you know I got more than college and all that, but I mean, just sure. in terms of like upbringing and you know it's a good community um not real close to the community just so spread out but it's yeah it's a it's a pretty cool place pretty cool place
0: you know you mentioned dripping springs is where all the residents went to before and i know dripping springs was a little tiny town i went uh one of my classmates in college in dripping springs and it was like nothing at that time you know in the early 2000s and now they're getting really good they're kind of maybe becoming like a future lake travis and so yeah you know, I can see that, but I guess whenever we talk about Austin, I, I'm not an expert on Austin football. I mean, I, I focus mostly on Houston, but I mean, obviously you, it all starts and stops with Austin Westlake, right? I mean, Westlake yeah. and Lake Travis are your two, it's your two powerhouses. So d- did you, I guess at the time you mentioned, you didn't mention playing Westlake. So obviously you were a division down. So was it, was it something where you never got a part of that rivalry and that's, that's now grown over time or, or did you, at that time, you didn't like Westlake and that was a big rivalry. I'm kind of curious that dynamic.
1: We we had no dealings with Westlake at all. Like it wasn't a hatred, it was just because I would play them like some basketball tournaments or non-bitch. You know, but it wasn't it was just like okay, Westlake, whatever, you know. But what's funny is like once I got into coaching, you know, you kind of like study areas and like, well, why is this job good? Why is this you know, like yeah, you know, this job blew up because of all the movement and growth. What's funny is you know, Lake Travis, they just they had some really good coaches in there, but like it was like perfect timing so basically what happened was yeah so like when i was there late uh late travels during springs we were bitter rivals and it was like it was pretty crucial, like stuff yeah you know and like i've listened to some of your stuff like hell week and all that you know i mean it's you know but that was the bitter rivalry you know and so um but basically what happened is westlake became landlocked like you can't build a house in westlake anymore so people were moving literally 10-15 minutes further down the road and building a house in Lake Travis, sure. you know, and that's, and you know what I mean. Um Now, obviously, Westlake is still maintaining as people were leaving and good families moving in and all that, you know. But Lake Travis just, well, there was room to grow where Westlake was landlocked, and and that's that's we just kind of like slowly got the over like the the spillover and it just sure. grew and grew and grew, and then it was like it just, I mean, it was it was crazy.
0: Now, Westlake is it also its own school district? Is it Westlake ISD or? so it's
1: a e, ISD
0: okay and who who is the other schools in that district then I'm not even familiar
1: so Wesley actually usually was in there with like Austin ISD it's like they're no but I mean are there
0: they, other high schools inside of oh no, no
1: no it's a one-horse town it's a one-horse yeah. town okay it's a one-horse town and, and and, it funny. it's funny because people you know like when you see like on the scoreboard app or whatever, you know, you'll always see Austin-Westlake. Like, people in Westlake hate that because they're like, we don't want to be associated with Austin-ISD. We're our own school, you know, but so yeah. people hate – people in Westlake hate, like, when they say Austin-Westlake. It's like, no, it's just Westlake, you know? Yeah, but, not, uh, I'm kind not, of
0: looking at the map. It's 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 like – it's more urban than – it's more in the city, but it's not, like – it's not in Austin, right? I mean, it's kind of – maybe it's kind of like – I'd say it's like a Spring Branch Memorial where it's kind of like – talk, Talking about Westlake? Talking about Westlake.
1: Yeah, it's freaking – like, it is literally – I mean, like, the commute downtown is perfect because it's obviously a really nice place to live. But, like, if you sit on there – like, if you're up, on like, high on there and there stands on the home side, you can see very close up the Austin skyline. So, like, it, re- it is pretty close I to downtown, mean, then, you're saying? It is close. Like, you jump oh, on okay. Mopac, and it's, I mean, it's probably – traffic is off – and Austin's off. Sure. No traffic. You can get to, like, the downtown buildings in 10, 15 minutes. I mean, it's kind of uh, like I'm trying to think of somewhere in Houston.
0: I don't know. Well, I was saying like Spring Branch Memorial, yeah, would you say? Maybe kind of like that? Yeah. yeah. Similar. But better, or like football. really, really yeah, good at so, football.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: We got yeah. Stratford.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, cool, man. And you also mentioned that you played basketball. Now, was that something that you were really into or or, or was that kind of just like a secondary thing or were you, or you, really, were you a Hooper back in the day?
1: Well, funny is. Like, when I was in middle school, I was like, I want to be a basketball player. Yeah. Like, I, that was my that was my favorite sport. Actually, like, when I was really young, like, middle school – or, like, fifth, sixth grade, baseball was it. Then kind of got burned out. And seventh, eighth grade, I was like, I want to be basketball. Like, I even almost quit football. And went. was the kid, it was like, I'm going to go straight basketball, you know. Luckily, yeah. I didn't, you know. Um, and then, you know, once ninth, tenth grade, once I started um, – you know you know gain some muscle and you know I football went over but I was I always enjoy playing basketball yeah it was just I was always so out of shape coming from football season you know sure. like it took yeah. it would take like a month or two to get in the basketball shape you know and uh it was a real good basketball coach he was there for a long time um and he uh he was good he was fun to play for and we were you know we were kind of those like you know, you see those basketball teams. It looks like they have, like cookie cutter players, like like every kid looks the same. Like that was yeah. all we had. We didn't ever have like a big, you know, six ten kid. Like it was all our post guys and wing guys were like six one to six four. Yeah, everybody's six two. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I hear you. You know and, and you know, um, but no, uh, yeah, I was, yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun playing basketball.
0: You know, last thing. This is just a funny little story. For the longest time, I didn't know what a cavalier was because. <laughs> You know, growing up, they had the Cleveland Cavaliers, and their logo—it wasn't really descriptive. It was just—it said "Cavs" and had a basketball going inside of the V. So, I honestly didn't know what a Cavalier was <laughs> just by looking at that logo as a little kid. And I, I kind of thought it was some kind of cat because the orange kind of reminded me of like Heathcliff the cat or
3: something. Right. So, yeah. But yeah. you tell
0: so a Cavalier, as far as I know now, it's kind of like a swashbuckler, like a musketeer kind of guy, right? Or yeah, or what, like what's a, a like
1: the pirate a little bit gotcha okay now that's what we always like that was a joke growing up and i don't want to get like too unpolitically correct but like it, i guess in the most politically correct way it was a homosexual pirate was the joke okay like okay. that's <laughs> what like tripping during springs have signs you oh, know I like see. that was that was the joke you know um uh, that's yeah, what people used to basically... say about
0: the old tampa bay buccaneers logo a lot of people made that same comment yes <laughs> so yes I can see. exact same thing yes so sure sure, sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's funny, man. And so then, you know, after after uh, your time at Lake Travis was over, you went about three and a half hours northwest of your home to head up to Abilene. So you kind of the beginnings of West Texas, a lot of people would describe Abilene as yes. you, you, you went to Abilene Christian University. And uh, um, I know Abilene because we used to go play Harden Simmons and McMurray because I played mm-hmm. Division three football. But you you right. played Division two at Abilene Christian. And you said you played for two years and then you became a student assistant coach. So this actually reminds me a lot of Larry McCrae the old Clear Lake coach who's now the OC yeah. um, uh, up at Allen because he was at Baylor and injuries kind of derailed his career and he started his coaching career early. Was it, was this a similar situation for you, uh, Chase, where you, an injury started yeah, your early yeah, coaching?
1: I'll, I'll be honest, it, was, it was injuries. It was also like, I just, I knew like it was going to be tough for me to get playing. Like it just, sure, sure. it was, you know, I like Travis, I played tight end, but it was a, it was a hundred percent flex receiver that, yeah, didn't do a lot of run block. I mean, we yeah. were – or at least my senior year. So, we – like, we were very – like, our ROC was – I mean, we we ran Mike Leach's offense. Like, he went and spent, like, three weeks with Mike Leach. And, like, I mean – which I love playing. It was fun. You know, but, like, I got there and I didn't do a lot of run block. I mean, it was yes, – there yeah. a huge adjustment, you know. And, and I always knew I wanted to coach, like, from when I was, like, a six-year-old. That's all I wanted okay. to do. And so, I was like – and then – and really – our like four string quarterback, man. We came in together. Um, he played at a little, little two, three day school up in the Panhandle, and the high school is Panhandle High School. But <laughs> he he had some serious like knee issues, and like he dislocated the same knee every single year. Like it was so bad, like he would just look at it at practice, and not even like in pain. He would just look at it, and like he would jerk it back into place because it was yeah. just so loose. Like, yeah. and he actually led the like model for what I wanted to do because he. That's what he did. He was like, I'm done. And he started coaching, right? Well, like after six months, like they basically made him a GA, but in, in D2, like your GAs are like they have their own position, all that. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna just do that and start, yeah, like start learning from these coaches now. And then you know what I mean? And so yeah. um, which and it was a great time to do it because we got on a roll there too. Um I mean, it was we had we had some had some crazy crazy games, very high scoring. Yeah. Uh, At the time, we were the I don't know. I'm sure it's been broken now with often what offenses do today, but in 2007, I believe we were the only only team to have a 4,000 yard passer, a 2,000 yard rusher, and two 1,000 yard receivers. I mean, it was it was video games. I mean, (laughs) we beat we beat West Texas A&M, not in no overtimes, 93 to 68.
0: Good Lord.
1: Wow. Now, part <laughs> of that, it was, I tell people, like, when people, like, kind of up from up there that were in the D2 football scene, like, they'll ask me about that. I'm, like, it was kind of inflated because, like, obviously we were rolling our offense. Well, they started onside kicking in the third quarter because they were like, we got to try to steal possessions.
3: Wow. As, okay. We, yeah.
1: They didn't, I don't think they got it one. So, we'd get it at the 40 and just bomb score, you know, Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it was, well, now we couldn't stop them either, obviously, you know, so right. <laughs> was, And then that same year, I think we'd be Tarleton State, 70, 63, no overtime. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there were some, there were some crazy games, but, um, but yeah, I learned a lot of football, well, learned, learned from some good coaches, but also good like character guys sure. that taught me sure. you know, how to do it the right way. Um, you know, just very. It was. I was very lucky to kind of because at first I was like, "Well, I'll just go help with practice, right?" And then I was like, "Well, I'd love to be in the meetings, but I don't yeah. know, you know." And so yeah. I went to talk to Coach Thompson, our head coach. I'm like, "Hey, like, do you mind if I sit in a game plan meeting?" Or he's like, "Dude, you're all access. Whatever yeah. we we forward in the staff Come on, let's we'll go." Like and I was yeah, like, "That's yeah. all, you know." So I really, I really appreciate him letting me kind of, you know, being on that and, and and doing that. So it was, and it was, you know, you always hear the stories about like ga student assistant assistants get treated bad like go get my coffee like that never not one time happened i never felt yeah like man this some some of the guy and they're you know they're making me do all this grunt work like they never made me feel like that you know like in practice i might have to go yeah. set something up you know but not well, yeah that's part know, of the
0: all. job but they, they weren't big time anymore, right. man. i man. i love that no
1: doubt yeah. but no no nah, i mean it was they, they I mean, they were they were true like just a lot of good men on that staff
0: I love hearing that, man. Yeah, so I had a similar experience where I got to be at Austin College to start my coaching career. And you you did that as well. But then your, your first high school coaching stop was at Luling. And so that's kind of like outside of San Antonio. So you had a little bit south of Austin, a little east of San Antonio. And so Luling and then Joshua, Joshua is back in the Metroplex area, right? Isn't that outside of Fort yes. Worth? So you you kind of traversed yeah. around the state a little bit. So let's just let's. Bef- I really want to dive into the Texas City. So we'll do we'll do a deep dive on Texas City. But as far <laughs> as the Luling and Joshua, can you just kind of give us a quick overview of how you you know uh, ended up at those two spots and how it went
1: for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a guy that they coached a line of Lake Travis. Not when I was there. So remember, I I told you the quarterback. Me and him went yeah. to ACU. Together. Yeah. So his, his dad was the lay, the OCLA Travis. Right. Okay. So um there was a guy he hires the O line coach Lake Travis after we had left, but uh, just coming back to facility and working out. I met him, good dude, whatever. Well, he got the head coaching job at Whitney High School, which is kinda outside of Lake It's
0: there's Lake Whitney, right? It's outside of the yes. Lake. Yeah, 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 beautiful. So
1: yeah. He, he had just got a job, right? I and mean, I was just about to graduate and our and I was like, Help it, I'm gonna be a college coach. I'm gonna be a college coach. I am going to be a college coach to be and our old line coach was like, dude you need to go be a high school coach. Yeah. I was like, no man, I can make it. He's like, I'm not telling you you can't make it. I'm just saying like he's like, I'm the online coach at a pretty good division two school. I make twenty six thousand dollars. Like I'm yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah. Like I have to like rub nickels like don't do this. Like, he's yeah. like I go to high school right now and make 70. You know like it's just a way of life, whatever it's like, you know he's like it's the same thing. You're still coaching, yeah, you have to teach whatever. So all right, well, hey Chase let,
0: let, let's dive into that a little more because I have a lot of coaches that listen a lot of young coaches that are kind of thinking about their career and because my brother did uh, he was at UCO he, he played division two football as well yeah, at the University of them. Central Oklahoma yep, 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 so you guys know power. them okay. and uh, he kind of said the same thing that yeah it's cool to kind of do only football but he he said really it was the recruiting really is what wore him out because it is just a grind you're, you're, you're driving all over Oklahoma and Kansas and, you know, and it's, it's, it's a grind. And even the football stuff, it just, eventually it just, it kind of can consume you. And it, he, he, he wasn't drawn to that man. And so he kind of echoed what you said and what, what your mentor was telling you there, but any other, any other thoughts you want to add, because I know it is really attractive. We're all big college football fans. We see the big stuff on TV, but it, it is difficult to break into it, man. I, I would kind of agree with, with your coach, you know, but wh- any other thoughts you can share with our listeners, since you were kind of dipping your toe into that a little bit.
1: I think – well, I think nowadays it's it's completely uh, – a ton worse. Yeah. I think – I mean, I think that's why you're seeing more more college guys go up to the NFL because they're just like – it just gets old. Yeah. Not, and not the football part. Yeah. But recruiting now is a 365 – Sure, yeah. I mean, like, it never stops. And it's just – you know, and like – especially now with NIL and you're dealing like, it's just – there's so much – there's so much stuff. You know, like, a guy – O line guy I played with, he he's the O line coach of La Tech, and I was just asking him about it. He's like, just he was like, when you're a group of five school, you're basically now a JUCO for the Power Fives. Like, the, you don't yeah. you get the you get a good kid, and he you might have, transfer.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: he's, good point.
3: Yeah, he's, great point. He said the
1: Power Fives, you know, he's like Gary Patterson was great, and he, him and he always had another guy on staff were great talent evaluators that yeah. would get a two star, turn him into a stud. Right? Yeah. He's like, you don't have to have that now. He's like, go let LaTeX or North Texas get them. Right. Develop them for two years. Then we'll just get them as juniors or sophomore. you know? Wow. And I'm like, that's a good point. But he's like, that's what it is, you know? And Can I ask you, you this, me- man?
0: Because it seems like you're pretty plugged in at the colleges and the guys you talk to maybe, you know, selling across the state. I've always wondered, how do they know how good these kids are at these other campuses? Like, Sometimes I'll see, like, Michigan will randomly pick up some kid from Coastal Carolina or, you know, just whatever random school – how do they know that that kid who wasn't highly recruited and is playing at a you know a, a smaller group of five? Like, how do they know that this dude is the deal? And, and like, you know what I mean? Like, I how, mean, how do they evaluate that?
1: I've 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 talked to guys that like there's now like especially with the power fives like there's a portal staff and that's all they do. That's their job. Them. I see. Like especially the group of five guys, like who are the studs, who's probably going to get in the portal because they're good. Like they're they're producing at that level understood and like, they, understood and yeah. apparently and there's like some third party i don't know what the company is called that like like hourly update you pay for the service and i they hourly update the list and so like james cobo is in the portal i click on them i get every one of your game films like yeah. right now yeah. i get your transcripts like like all your information like it's right that your cell phone contact like, it's all there and so i mean it's so and, you know, obviously, like awesome.
0: for the school that's losing the kid, they're they're not necessarily like advertising. They don't necessarily they don't want to lose the kid, but at the same time, is it kind of good for them because it's now showing the next crop of recruits like, hey, we yeah. can place our kid. We can you come here for two years, help us win. We're gonna get you to Michigan or Texas or whatever.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's interesting that you say that. Well, you know, and what I heard, and I'm trying to think who told me, but it was someone that was uh, but at the Division One level. Um, he said, "What you're about to see is." you're about to see a true farm system set up. So sure, like sure. Oklahoma and North Texas are going to pair up and say, "Hey, Oklahoma, they're they're three and four stars that are producing." That's our
0: triple A team.
4: I,
1: I, I see what are North, yeah. North Texas is going to send that three star there that's balling to, to Oklahoma and they and you'll see like Texas and whoever, you know, t- Chase, like- I've never t- heard
0: th- I've never heard that, man, but you know, we talk about the professionalization of college sports of NIL and all that stuff and but what you just said makes perfect sense. It made sense to me
1: too. I like when I, when I heard that, I'm like, that's actually it's genius, you know, like real smart. But it's so I simple. See it yeah, happen. so, so true. And it might be happening now. No it's not public information, you know. I mean, yeah, you have to go study, like, where are these kids, you know, but, um, you know, and like I've also, I'll keep the names out of it. But what's crazy is just this, there's so much money in college athletics now, but sure. there was, um, there's a kid that was a really high recruited running back from Texas. Um, he was, a, he was at a power five school in Texas, and he wanted to transfer. Right? He transferred to an SEC school, but before I think that, I know who
0: you're talking about, I'm not gonna say the name, but I actually, yeah.
3: I'm pretty sure I know.
1: You're gonna <laughs> know all the other pieces, so I don't wanna, sure, 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 sure. So, but um, so one of the, the running backs, high school coaches, went up and was coaching college now, and he called when <laughs> he got in the portal and said, Hey, um. Like, I know you got you're gonna have bigger offers in school I'm at, but you know what kind of guy I am, but whatever, blah blah. SEC school can't get in touch, like they can't contact the kid. Right. So they contact coach, right? Pay coach to get kid to contact the SEC school. Mm. So they paid a coach on a different staff yeah, to get a kid to contact a different school that he was at. I'm like, this is crazy.
0: That man. It is I crazy the money. Yeah, and it's funny, though, because, like, I I said my brother got – he also got um, worn out by the football. I I guess what I mean is my brother loved the football portion, just the football. But here's the thing. There's not that same money in D2. So you're talking about they pay for all these recruiting services, and they have guys who are just portal guys. Like, my brother was doing everything, every single responsibility he was doing on top of the football practice. And he was, like, their travel agent. Like, he was the guy arranging their bus, arranging their hotel, arranging –
1: so our old line I mean, coach did it all. It's funny you say that. I remember our old line coach, like, we we're playing UCO, first game of the year, yeah. playing terrible. And, like, I mean, they're doing all these exotic blitzes or whatever. And, like, he's, like, looking over here. The defense on the field, but he's, like, looking over. I'm like, you're all right. He's like, yeah, I was making sure Chick fil A is here because he was in charge of the meal. Yep. Yep. And yep, he was yep. like, you know, on the way home, he was like, see, like, I can't even focus on, like, trying to pick up a smack blitz because I'm worried about Chick fil A. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, he was the charger all the travels. Yeah, I mean it's yeah you kind of you got a bunch of responsibilities.
0: Man, yeah, good stuff. And and uh, I guess man, that was fun. I'm glad we actually did that diversion. But as far as Luling and Joshua, oh yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, so, yeah, so um, the old line coach. His name is Kenneth Gilchrist. He's the head coach now. at Frisco Heritage, I believe. Mm-hmm. He was he just got the Lake Whitney job. I didn't have my teacher certificate, nothing, whatever. I figured out okay, you can just get this this emergency program you got three years to pass the content. And I was like, and they'll people will hire you. I was like, hey. so I, I was about to graduate and, uh, got in contact with him. Um, and, um, he's like, yeah, like, as soon as you graduate and get in that program, whatever, well, you get that program. And like, based on your college hours, they tell you, you can teach this, this or this. Well, those three things, like he, he couldn't make work. I'm like, oh yeah. shit. Like I was, once he said like, yeah, once you graduate, we're, we'll, we'll, well, you know, get everything set up. Like I, okay, I don't look for a job. I'm good. And I was like, oh, and now it's like June. Like I go home, I'm living with my parents, and so I'm like, dude, what am I gonna do? You know, right. this is before the coaching shortage, so it's like, and uh, and so uh, my the DC from Lake Travis, he told me, he said, hey, go to the San Angelo Clinic, and he coached me up. Said there's gonna be a room with a bull- two bulletin boards. There's one for <laughs> yeah. resumes and one for job openings go in there and look and see if they have anything and whatever. So I go in there and Luling's got a, the varsity O-line job teaching junior high PE. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Sign me right. Up. <laughs> so, so I, um, I don't know. I guess I texted the coach, called him, whatever. And uh he's like, yeah, what hotel are you at? I was like, oh, uh, this one. He's like, all right, I'm coming over right now. We're doing we're in an interview right now. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Wow. So he walks in, we do the him and the DC walk in and they interview me like in the hotel room. Um the guy I was staying was like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'll all leave or whatever. So we yeah. sat there for about three hours just talking football and all that. And then he was like, All right, here's what you gotta do ball. Um, and so that the, you know what's funny, that you that would be my first year. Pretty probably the craziest year I've had. Um so went there, they were 0-10 the year before. We had a, a stud. He ended up going to Texas State, I thought, and he played in the he ended up playing in the NFL for about three years. Probably, I mean, if he's in a four or, you know, five or six, A school, he's probably going to a lot better school at the time. But, um, so we started out one and four and then we're playing, I remember we're playing San Antonio, Sam Houston. Our head coach got pneumonia, wasn't practice a lot. He'd drive up his truck for a little bit, but just didn't have a lot of, you know, energy. And, uh, he lived like right by the school. And so, um, it was Thursday and we couldn't, we're playing San Antonio from Houston, but we don't know since head coach had been sick, like all oh, the weekend calls of set up sub varsity games and all that, you know, wasn't done. Well, we don't know. Are we going to big district stadium? Are we going to their auxiliary field? Like whatever. And their head coach and their head coach wouldn't answer the phone. Like our DC was trying to call them. whatever. Wow. Okay. And so he's like, whatever. So, and then he's calling our head coach to try to figure out, Hey, have you texted this guy, call him, whatever he's not answering. So DC is head coach's best friend. They coached together for like twenty years, whatever. Walks goes to his house at lunch. Walks in, he's dead in his bed. Oh, passed away. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. He was a bigger guy, but yeah, he had pneumonia, and he just. Oh my god! Basically, his lungs just filled up and and asleep. Um, I mean, it was like surreal. Like, don't know. Like, not thinking about football. It's like I said, Thursday. We're playing tomorrow. You know, and you're like. So that whole obviously that whole day, um, the next day is game day, and you know you usually have like a game day routine, and it's like, dude, half the kids didn't show up to school because they're all distraught, like yeah, not skipping, just like but it, you know, right, yeah. Um, and like we met as a staff th- Thursday night, and just and with the superintendent, and basically like I got, what do you think? Cancel the game? It was our first district game, yeah. Um, and we were all just kind of like you know I think. I think Coach Dean would want us to play, you know? So, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: And like I said, we we're one and four. Played one, the game we won played well. The other four, not really. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, so Houston at the time was super athletic. Yeah. The like, Four went eight and two. And we go over there and just like one of those magical nights. I mean,
3: wow. Yeah.
1: we called offensive defense, it worked. Yeah. they were they they nothing they called did you know it was just one of those like magical yeah. like yeah very like yeah it was like dude this is this is crazy you know so unreal like kids and coaches coaching like everyone just kind of rallied you know behind each other because of that happening yeah finishing the year four and one tied for uh, district championship um, ended up losing the first round to Edna in a kind of a shootout game but it was it was a crazy year. Um, you know, I also been yeah. a small school. I learned, yeah, to coached three sports at the time. I'm young. I'm like, okay, cool.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then, like, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like football, like football's a grind. Yeah. And then like next day you're going straight to basketball, straight like, to culture.
0: basketball. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, oh, be great. Like, come on. Yeah. You know. And then basketball takes up Thanksgiving, takes up your Christmas take and then go to tribe, take them spring. I'm like, okay, this is, this is a lot, you know? So, but, um, so then we hired, um, obviously, so they didn't hire anyone on staff, even though we had a good year. Hired a guy from the outside who I'm like best friends with now. We became really right. close. But the district had um it was that year that like um a bunch of the school districts had to do a reduction in force. Reduction in force. Yeah. And since yep. I was in and of course, first year, like I didn't yeah. do any of that emergency stuff. Like I did all my yeah. Coursework. I just didn't. I didn't even take in a PE. Sure. teacher. Yeah. And yeah. so I, and it was like me and the other junior high PE teacher, like, a, was there for like 40 years. Well, so I'm the one they're obviously going to cut. Sure. Right? So, um, and then it's the, so that's why I was only there for a year. Well, Joshua, Coach Dykens, Lake Travis, his OC. So after he won the first state championship at Lake Travis, he got the Duncanville job. Right. Oh, Their old oh. staff was there. Yeah, And then after the first year at Duncanville, their OC, the the quarterback, his dad got the Joshua job. Yeah. And so he called me, uh, he had a quarterback's job open. He called me and all that. So, you know, easy connection there. Went up there for a year. That was tough. Um, Very, that's, uh, it's, it's a very unique place. Uh, Very, very good school district. They're exemplary every year test scores are out of the water Football, I think they've still been in the playoffs one time in the school's existence.
3: Interesting. Uh, yeah.
1: Very. You'll be familiar. Very similar to like a Santa Fe type place. Okay,
0: I got you. Yep. Community,
1: community everything, you know. Very, yeah. uh, very similar to them, but They remind me a lot of each other. Um, so it was like, you know, you're scheming stuff up and you're watching film. And it's like, well, blah, it's well executed. But instead of going for 70, it's going for five. Sure.
3: You know? yeah. It's, yeah.
1: It's just like, yeah. it's doing stuff, you know. Um, and then, yeah, and then so the first year, I wasn't like looking to leave at all. Uh, it was actually in the summertime. Coach Dykas called me, like I said, he used to be at Texas City, right? Well, the guy when he was the OC there, the guy was at DC, Tim Finn had become the head coach uh, through all the years. But anyway, Dykas calls me one day, he said, Hey, Coach Finn, Texas is about to call you. He's looking for an O line guy. Yeah, and I told him about you. I was like, Oh, hell yeah, like, let's yeah. go. Yeah, you know. So, he calls me and he's like, "I know you know Dallas is far away, but you think you could make it by the end of the week?" I was like, "I'll be there tomorrow." So I got, threw a bag together, got in my truck, and you know drove down there. Yeah, uh, interviewed with him and the OC and all that. It went well. So that's it, yeah. So it was it was kind of a, a crazy, you know, literally one year, Joshua one year, Texas City, and then I you know I stayed there for what six years. I was there for six years. So,
0: well, man, in Texas City, you know th- that's where we met. You know, mm-hmm. and so this this was at Ridge Point, uh, the the core of our team. You know, our really good class was juniors that that year, and you know, the year before we would made the playoffs. Because, but I won't say limped in or anything, but we we made the playoffs not easily, and we lost right. to North Forest at HISD in the first round, a really yes. exciting game. They were, they
1: were good that year. They too, were very right? good. Yeah. So yes. so we,
0: we but we were playing almost all sophomores that year. So we're very oh. optimistic. The sophomores turn into juniors, and all of a sudden now we're getting even. We're getting better and better and better, and we're feeling good. Eventually, we come across the Texas City Stingerees, man. And I'm going to describe my memory of this game. It, it was one of the worst weather games I've ever been a part of. Yes. It, on a it, cold, rainy yes. you night. Know? Awful, 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 awful uh, November night, man. But uh, the thing that I remember is, we're. I think we're playing, I want to say we're playing at Abshire, right, at Deer Park. Yeah, Deer Park, you know? yep. Yeah. Yep, and I want to say it was like, a movie you it was like Braveheart or something like your team coach decked out in the all black with yeah. the rain going sideways and you know 30 you know 37 degrees and you know gusting winds and it, when you guys you're in the back of the end zone you're coming out to run out for your you know for your your warm-up lines it was like a movie like a just a roar <laughs> <laughs> There's like that you're making a charge you know yeah, and uh I, I you know it, not, not that we were intimidated but in my head I'm like that's the most intimidating thing I've ever seen as a coach and so if we're going to be intimidated this is the team that's going to intimidate us but I looked at our guys and they didn't blink an eye <laughs> and I said okay we're going to fight tonight like we're yeah. going to be in for a fight like we're mm-hmm. we're not I was like we're not going to back down to these guys so I was very impressed with our guys like not being intimidated they kind of mm-hmm. just look in some of them were we had a loose kind of team some were kind of joking around just but it yeah, wasn't yeah. A fear as the game went on man I, 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 we're doing an oral history here uh, david wilkinson is also going to come on the show and so we're going to do okay. a full oral history of the yeah. <laughs> of yes. the 2013 you know ridge point versus texas city but man my recollection was you guys are a really cool team man you, you you had the foreman twins you know uh one of them who was still playing with the bears right in the yeah. nfl uh, yeah. uh Deonte right De, or Deontay, yeah Deontay Deontay foreman and I liked your team a lot, man, because you you had a fullback and a tight end and you had big physical linemen. It was old school stuff, man, pin and pull around. And it was cool. You even did like you would bring in an extra tight end, if I remember correctly, some unbalanced, just like every And all my defensive coordinators are listening right now. Yes, it's your nightmare, (laughs) you know, preparing for these guys and so that that our recollection was hey we believed in our front seven we really did we believed in our guys and we shut everybody down for the most part all year uh we got to play a similar team to you guys in stratford you know i thought Mm -hmm. stratford was kind of similar to you guys you know that year and they beat us but we we felt like we we got better and we could play but our strategy coming in was we felt that we wanted to slant a lot typically we just played a a, you know a a 54 base 3-4 defense you know of a 5 and a 4 uh no shaded strong you know for the listeners, but. We just felt this game, just give us a little edge. We wanted to use, we thought we we're a little faster and quicker than your guys. You guys made it a little bigger, a little more rugged. So we were just, that was our game plan was to slant and hope that we we're guessing right. And, right. <laughs> and, you know, for a half, we were guessing right. And oh. I was talking to uh, Wilkinson about this a little bit. We we're reminiscing and he's like, hey, man, that first half, you guys had that safety screw down in there. And that was the other part of the game plan. We were selling out to stop the run. I mean, our yeah. safeties were damn near linebackers and it, it worked for a while, but I could just, I could feel Chase, that you guys were like giving us body blows. To me, it felt like a heavyweight fight to where our guys kept getting up off the mat and finding a way to get a stop, force a punt. You're finding a way, but kind of by the skin of our teeth, because I think you guys were the more physical bunch. And I just, every time Deontay would take that ball around the left side, I'm like, he's about to pop. And he never did for a while. Yeah.
2: But eventually
0: he did, and you guys ended up taking care of business and beating us by a couple scores. But that's my memory, man. I'm just curious, what what are some of your memories of that game?
1: So what's funny about it is like I knew kind of Rich Point was a new school. That's all, you know, my first year at Tech City, Rich Point, new school. Okay, whatever. Like, but yeah, y'all were in our district and everything, but football that first year, right? That's right. And I remember I was walking. I, I didn't. I didn't coach track, but I went to the district track meet to watch our kids run. And I was walking out, and they announced the District Champions track. And this was in 2011. Yeah. No, 12. The spring of 12, right, I guess. Right. And y'all won the District track. me I'm like, that's pretty impressive. Like, for a new school, and at the time, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all didn't have seniors that year, did y'all? I... In spring of 12?
0: Um, I'm...
1: It opened in the fall of 11, didn't it?
0: We opened in ten. I think we did have okay. senior. I think okay. that was our first senior Maybe class. That was our first senior class, yeah. and I was like,
1: "That's that's pretty impressive."
0: A small, a smaller senior class. Yeah, I mean, again, our sophomores were kind of our the engine at right. that time.
1: Yeah. Now it helps when you got um the Burrells running around. You know. <laughs> yeah, that you know? helps. But still, like, I was like, yeah. I, just, I was like, "Dang, that's pretty impressive." And yeah. so, y'all kind of like got in my head, like, just yeah, that's yeah. cool. Okay. Well, then the next year we didn't play y'all, but. We ended up getting knocked out in the second round by um, Forbin Marshall when they had JW catch them. And, oh,
3: yeah, yeah. And
1: they had played y'all. And like, I, it was just watching their game against y'all. I'm like, man, like, this Rich Point, like, they're for, like, they got some good little kids. Like, they yeah. do stuff the right way. So I was I'm like, I was like, they're going to be good next year. because there you go? You know, I remember them yeah. track me and I'm like, they're young. I'm like, they're going to be good. And so, anyway. So, yeah, we ended up, in the fall of 12, we ended up losing to Marshall in a kind of a similar game than we're talking, we're about to start talking about, but uh, just a, a kind of a, a fight. It was a little more high scoring, but we just didn't, we just kind of didn't. Sure. They had some more cats than we did, but, but yeah. So then your game, like all year long, I'm kind of, you know, we started to get in district. You started kind of peaking, like, especially when we did like our game, it was, or, we knew, like, Pearland Dawson in district, like, that was going to be – that was going to be it. And so, yeah. we ended up beating them, like, really, really well that year. Um, and then, you know, finished out the year, and, like, towards the end of district, you're kind of looking at the bracket. You're like, who's going to be and I'm like, shit, we're going to have to play Rich second round. Like, I, I remember that from last year on film. Like, <laughs> we're going to have to, you know, yeah. whatever. So, um, the week before – Oh, we played Rosenberg, Terry, Rice, and then, so I'm watching film, and I, like, I'll be honest, like, I was, y'all was front seven, I was like, dude, I'm, yeah. like, this is the best front seven we've seen all year, like. Appreciate it, they
0: were great, now, great
1: kids, yeah. Yes, great kids, yeah. did what they're, you taught them to do, yeah. I mean, but, and, like, Pearland Dawson, I think, athletically might have been a little bit better, uh-huh. they were not, they did not want, like, you were talking about defense coordinator's worth a nightmare, like, yeah, they didn't want to stay, like, stick their nose in all our, all our down blocks and pull, like, right, they,
3: right.
1: like either that or they got one down or shut it back. But y'all, like, on film, I was like, dude, these dudes aren't, like, going to back down, right? right? And then what's funny, right. I don't think I've ever told you this, and I didn't do it, I swear. I swear. <laughs> but, like, our team <laughs> doctor emails us, and, like, we did not – we were not close with him. Like, yeah. he always would pick – nice guy, really nice yeah. guy. Um, But he would pick, like, one game a year and say, hey, if y'all win this game – you know, we'll, we'll go to the win spot and all.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Something. But that's really it. You know, same at games. That's it. Right. Well, he emails us like, you all know, it's huddle in. It. Somehow he got it. <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and I was like, dude, I was so wanting to. And I was like, dude, this is bad for I press log in, like, something bad's going to happen. You're, you're a or good
0: guy, Chase. Gonna I be, you like, would
1: fought, I'm going to get suspended or fired. <laughs> like, And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to win. But if we lose, like.
0: I think exactly. we need to make a 30 for 30. Forget the oral history. We need a documentary on that. I did not know there's an SP. SV- <laughs> no doubt. Like,
1: I wanted to. So, then I was like, you know what? No, this is stupid. Like, I have all their game film. What yeah. am I going to get through their huddle? Like, yeah, sure, maybe sure. some notes sure. or something sure, for practice yeah, yeah. if y'all did that, which I have no idea. You know, like, yeah. we got all their game film. like whatever. So, um, but yeah, like all week, I was like, dude, like, the-. and y'all didn't do, you know, I liked playing teams like y'all for the fact that, like, you know, when you play the teams that are kind of searching, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get. So it's like one week they're in a fifth, one week they're a uh, freaking odd stat. You know, yeah, like teams like you oh, I knew you we were going to line up. That we way, play our base, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we try to like, do it very well. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have yeah. to like, like you said, we're going to have to exchange exchange some blows and like, sure, yeah, yep. figure stuff out because like it's not we're we weren't real extravagant and neither you all, but we were. both yeah. thought I thought we were both. We, like, both of our strengths kind of went against each other. It was like, who's going who's gonna to win, you know? And you know
0: what, Chase? And it's funny, like I said, sophomore year, or the, when I say sophomore, I'm talking about like our core. When they were sophomores, it was at Mercer Stadium. Stratford just beat the ever-loving dog shit out of us. And <laughs> just, made, and, you know, like beat us and made us like it, as they say, right? So it was right. a physical game, man. I remember they had like a six-foot-seven tackle who went to Arizona just down-blocking people. But right. we weren't ready at that time. We were so, a bunch of sophomores weren't ready. The next year, like I said, even though we lost to Stratford, we played them so much better. And that was the year that we played John. And even right. though I felt like you were still a step above Stratford, you know, and Elliot Allen's my guy. I mean, they were a hell of a team. Yeah. I thought you guys offered even one more level of of strength and power and intensity, you know. But um, since we could stand and trade with them, our guys started believing, like, this kind of team is like Texas City we hung in there like we can do it. And we, we really believe we could do it <laughs> even I though know, you guys is. were setting all kinds of records. I, I mean, honestly, like maybe like seven, 60, 70 points,
4: <laughs> seven mm-hmm. games,
0: you know? And so that was kind of our thought coming in was, uh, you know, we, we, we really believe we could do, it. we, we had that, we had those kinds of guys and, and coaches that have been on teams like this, irregardless of what the maybe predictors, you know, the the, the website say or whatever, like they always thought they were going to win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, yes. yeah. Yeah. I mean it was it was you know it was one of those games where we'd get a couple first downs and then couldn't move it. it like, exactly. Okay, well, That's exactly how I would behind. say. It. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. and then saying like it was like the same thing every single And I was like, dude, like and like you know, thank God our defense showed up too in that yeah. first half.
0: Zero zero at halftime, I believe, right? Zero zero at halftime. So, and l- let's talk about half times. Let's let's talk about half times. Like so for us. You can just imagine the coaches you're picturing this, you know, the, the I would say you guys were the favorite, you know, you're going in and it's zero, zero at halftime for a favorites locker room. Let me tell you what the underdogs locker room was like, it was optimistic, but the problem was, man, it kind of, it reminded me of like a a heavyweight fighter sitting on the stool just trying to recover. And so even though we were excited that we're, we are here, like we, we kind of did it, you know, we were honestly coach. And I was actually, I was talking to Jimmy Hammond now, the head coach at seven lakes, Mm -hmm. And and Dober, his assistant, you know, those are my guys. And in yeah. the headsets, I was honestly telling our guys, like, and it's cliche, but one drive at a time. Mm-hmm. And they would come off and we would se- – we were honestly, like, celebrating, like, one drive. And then end of the first quarter, another drive. Half that we were, we were, like, checking it off, like, a checklist of that we were mm-hmm. – you know what I mean? And it, we, every mm-hmm. time we got more confident, but to be honest, Coach, I think it drained us. I think those right. kids laid everything out in the line. And your guys are just so – physical and just kept coming and coming and coming so i would say our mood was optimistic but tired <laughs> i'm kind of curious what was your mood like in your locker room i'm dying to know
1: this so what's funny is like you know our o-line was good that year and three of them were great kids too and they were all good kids two of them were a little kind of got a little cocky a little bit uh-huh. toward you know yeah. toward with all of our success and i remember telling them like because all week long like i said i was very worried about your front seven i didn't tell them how worried i was yeah. about it, but. I told them all week, like, dude, we're it's gonna be a freaking, it's gonna be a bar fight for 48 minutes. Like yeah. it's going to be, and the two kids are like, Yeah, you know, you could tell they weren't, and I I <laughs> I first that before we met as a staff I went to them, I was like, I told both of y'all. I yeah. told you. And now look, it's you're like, and so, but yeah. what made me feel better is like I was, you know, walking in, you're kind of like, How are the kids gonna react? Because we have never been in that spot. Correct, you know. Yeah. Oh, I think our only close game that year was against Friendswood, but like it was 28 21 at halftime, not 0 right, 0. So right, offensively, right. offensively, we didn't, we had never been, and I wouldn't say shut down, shut out. You were moving. No, you were moving. We, we were, we were it, not, we, was, we were just you know, finding stops. ways to get stops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was almost like a bend, don't break. But it was like a bend and then like stonewall. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, what You know? And then, um, but our kids were not freaking out. And so I was like, right. okay, that's
0: some championship that's, DNA for sure from your guys too. obviously
1: Yeah. I mean, it was that I was I was yeah. a lot more comfortable than I was like, okay, yeah. like we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so we just talked and then and then finally um found something like on on the strong side of counter that I wanted to look at and it worked. And I remember talking to you about it. And basically we just arc the tight end yeah. to the safety. You know, now we're you're kicking your outside back I remember like the week or two after that, you're like, yeah, but you're like, once y'all did that, I was like, Oh shit. And then you're like, but if I would have adjusted, I would have opened up everything else. So I was like, let's see, yeah. hopefully they don't run it again. <laughs> it like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, what's, you know, looking back on it now, I mean, I was not sad at the time, but looking back on it, like as hard as your, your defensive guys fought, like I felt bad. Cause the first score was not an offensive score.
0: Yeah, so it, was it was a scoop, scoop and score fumble scoop right? and score yeah.
1: by the other foreman that played. That's right. Yeah, and I was like looking back on it. I was like uh, thinking about it last night. You know, after you asked me to come on, I was like, "That's got to be just so deflating when you're giving everything." Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, offensively, you can get every give everything, and like we were right. Yeah, but like the the defense isn't going to screw. Like if they if someone if y'all would have scored offense, we wouldn't have been deflated. But right. We're like, okay, we got to score. It's yeah, like y'all. You know, y'all we weren't getting much help on offense, and so then, then, then when the offense does a score, I'm sure y'all were just like, "Come on, like." Yeah,
0: at? I I, I got to be honest. I mean, and you know, all coaches were gonna, you know, it's hey, you know, what uh, whatever sudden change, like let's do it. But I could see the guys. It did kind of look like again, like a tired prize fighter just going back into the ring. You know, is what it yeah. felt like. When we had to go back, but um, you, who you had that stud inside linebacker,
1: Devontae Hinton,
0: Devontae Hinton. There it is. That that dude. So yeah. our offense obviously struggled, but there's – you had a damn good defense that year so. I mean, it's, yes. it's to be expected. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, that team. Hinton man, I remember him. Yeah. Just, yes. So <laughs> to, he was, our guy – our, just- our, our defense loved him. I will say that like Cam Townsend, you know, our guy that went to yep. UT and all. They were all raving about this Hinton kid because we were watching
1: a little bit of your defensive film too. We are like, man,
0: that guy's cold, you know. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, he he was a freak, man. He, he did anyway. stuff like they would – you know, they, they were big on like – running through the backside of a gap on like gap scheme away. But yeah. I remember it was like the scrimmage that year. Sometimes in trips, they would remove him and he would kind of ape the, yeah. from inside backer and he would kind of apex, but he had B gap. And he also, I don't know. I can't remember what their coverage rule was, yeah. whatever. So he's apex as an inside backer and they run counter away. It was no, it wasn't, it wasn't a scrimmage. It was friends with it. Yeah. They got a trip to get him out and they were running counter away. And this dude from Apex runs through the A-gap and still makes the tag for loss. And I was like, that's unbelievable. Like That's I've like never... Ray Lewis stuff. I mean, that's yeah. all. <laughs> well, what's funny is, like, Brenham, you know, the, yeah. the game we lost in the playoffs, they were doing that, but they were throwing at him. Right. And and they were basically running flood, where he was having a sprint and running the sideline. And, like, he's diving, and it's bare. I mean, it's inches. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, our DC was like, okay, if he can't get that ball, like, we, we, we got to quit doing this, because he, he – if he can't get it, like no one, you know, so sure, sure. they ended up going three down, which kind of shut Brenham down. It was just kind of too little, too late. But yeah, I mean back to back to y'all's game. I do remember I think after the scuba score, and then I think our first offensive score, I do remember looking over and I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was one of your DNs. Like <laughs> he was laying on like next to the bench, and that's when I was like, Okay, we got him. Like they're yeah, done, like they're yeah. done, like they've given everything they can. Yeah, which yeah, like I mean. Yeah that was like in the like with nine minutes to go in the fourth i mean but y'all that was and y'all had to play a lot of snaps yeah you know i mean just yeah that was that was a yeah that was probably the one that was probably the most physical game i've been a part of
0: coach one thing i want to point out for the listeners and i i, I said the same thing to, to uh, wilkinson you know the one thing that really impressed me the most and my brother's a defensive coordinator in oklahoma and i always tell him i was like, bro. The one non negotiable in any defense, you have to have a shift package. Yes. We made so much money on shifting that year. Both penal, just penalties, people jump all the time. The referees would stop us for disconcerting signals sometimes, and Coach Sniffin had to massage that. So sometimes we got away with it, sometimes we didn't. But
1: Coach, I, I know all about Coach Sniffin's massaging of officials, <laughs> especially, especially back then. Yeah
0: yeah. No- <laughs> yeah. 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 No, he's, he's mellow. He said he told me he's mellow. Yeah. You know, what's going on. But, <laughs> You know, um, we were really successful with that. So even if we don't get you to jump, we feel like it, it does impact blocking rule. But like, I don't think we ever got you guys to jump. So I, I would just say kudos because you were the first that ever like just was not affected by that, and that's a big part of what we did, you know, to help get give us an edge. And so I want to say kudos to you and Wilk for just. I'm I'm, I'm assuming you worked on that in practice.
1: Oh that yeah, because I was worried about that. Not not jumping, but I was worried about okay, here are rules. Yeah. If they freaking jump right before we snap it, like it's gonna be a clutch. So I yeah. mean, it was like every snap of crap. Like we told them they're not gonna shift every snap, but like it was just great we coaching, were,
0: great coaching on your part, man. that, we that were, was huge.
1: And we were like yelling, like move, like to try to get us yep. to jump. Yep. You know, like I mean, i was, you know, I mean, but yeah, that, that was because that kind of stuff worries me as an online yep. guy. It's just that slanting, you know, slanting, yep. like I've always said. If I ever had, if I ever went to the other side of the ball, yeah, I think I would slant every play because mm-hmm. like it just it messes so much stuff up. Now I know you give up, you guess wrong, you're kind of sure, spied. sure. And also like it can create havoc. So if you do guess wrong and they you know and they miss you, you're right in the backfield. But like to me, slanting and shifting, uh, you know, unless you know unless you're you know a predominantly gap scheme team where it's just you just block everyone down anyway. But like the the shifting man, that that's. Like you said, the plus the penalties. That helps. Yeah.
0: You know. Now, last thing on this game, and coach, I just want to again tip my hat to you and David Wilkinson. Like I, I don't remember exactly how it all transpired, but I, again, I didn't know you guys really, you know, we never really met. But I no. remember in in that handshake line, I think it maybe was Wilk that got to me first. And he just, I just remember like intently coming up to me, like earnestly shaking my hand, like just looking me right in the eyes and just saying he had great, great game plan. And he and I I believe like asking me, like, hey, can we can, can we communicate after this? Like, I want to know, like we, you know, we obviously you have dreams and goals to go all the way. And it's like, I want to know what you saw coach. And can you talk to us? And I think that is that like moment just really impressed me about yourself and, and him and your, your, your whole program. And I just, I was really taken by that. Cause I don't know if you really, I'd never heard of that. And so can you kind of talk about just that, uh, what trend, What led up to that and, and that decision to, you know, talk to an opposing coach and and try to, like, just, you know, and it's a friendship that started then that's con- continued all yeah. these years. And, you know, but I'm just really – I was really interested in that interaction after the game.
1: Um, you know, I, it's weird. Like, I've always thought, like, about doing it. Like, if if, yeah. if someone ever gave any problems, I would love to know, like, are we giving something away? Like, right. after the fact, yeah, you know, whatever. And then, and you know, like I've said, like – all the film I watched, I was, I was like super impressed. Really liked what y'all you, what you did because simple, but good. Y'all had some, y'all had some change-ups, you know what I mean? Yeah. Y'all had some y'all had some exotic looking stuff, but I, it felt like to the kids, to your kids, it was simple. Like right. they yes. knew what yeah. to do. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, And yeah, like we, like after, you know, once, once it got to a point where like, I go over win, like me and Dave were talking, I was like, I want to go talk to this dude. Cause like he, that's awesome. Like I was like, he, he was a good plan. And I think like, we must be tipping something off because like he, they freaking like, they, they stonewalled us until, until the, the dam broke, you know? I mean so like, I just, you know, and like and I've, I, that was my, you're the first one I've done that to After that, I've really wanted to one other guy. Um, it was, the, it was, uh, Jamie Crocker was passing on Memorial. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When he was in DC at Friendswood, um, I talked to him just a little bit, but nothing like you know we did with you that night. I mean, that was yeah. I mean, it was. I'm a big believer. Like a lot of guys are, especially you know when emotions are high and all that. Sure. Like when um, I learned this from actually John Snelson at Dickinson. Like, what are we like? I'm not saying like give him a whole playbook and every signal, but like let's share. Like let's talk about football and like let's oh, you know maybe. what I mean. Like you're not. Yeah, hide your hide your secret sauce, right? But like, yeah. let's, especially if we're, you know, we just had a great battle, so yeah. yeah, let's talk about it, like because it was on both sides we were trading bunches to- um, Totally
0: agree, man. And that's the thing, because I, I, I didn't know you guys, and you're right, it's comp- not that I came in like hating you guys or anything, but it was competitive, right. right? But then all of yeah. a sudden, like when I got to know both you and Dave, I'm just like, man, you guys are just great people. I really enjoy talking football with you. So yeah. man, I would listen to any listeners, man. I would, if you're still out there coaching, I would recommend give it a shot, man, just network. And, and it, you can only learn uh, from all that, but you know, you continued on in Texas city. And then, you know, also kind of like me, you know, you, 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 made a move, you know, out of coaching. And now you're with coach Com, which obviously all of us coaches know what coach Com is. It's very important in our day day operations and being able to communicate on the sideline. But I, you know, I always get this question a lot of times like Kovo, you know, what happened? Why'd you leave? And I remember when I was talking to you, you were really wanting to become a head coach and you, you know, you really were going to pursue that, but then you made the decision, you know, uh, during your time at Texas city to, to make that move to CoachCom So again, for my audience that a lot of people are coaching, a lot of people are considering leaving, or maybe you're in, you're in sales and now you're thinking about wanting to come into coaching or vice versa. So I'm just curious what all led into your decision. All all my listeners know my story, but you know, for you, what 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 kind of led into some of those that decision there to to get out of
1: college? Uh, well, it's funny. So that that same off season that I left, I was a finalist there for the Brazosport support job. You know, really so, okay, so wow. So yeah. got, like, I almost got one, and I was like, all right, But not uh-huh. because of that. So so 2016 season, um, and so February 2017, our our first kid was born. Mm-hmm. So I had never, and you know, I was driving a long ways. So like when I first met my wife, she was over the heights. Yeah. So. Stay with her a lot. So I was driving all the way down Texas City from downtown Houston. And then we moved out to, to Siena, Yeah. And I was driving from Siena to Texas City, which looking back on it, I love the simple fact of like, you know, when you work, when you, you know, like someone like Lefavors, they could literally walk to work. Like you're getting <laughs> home three minutes, right? Well yeah. I drive home football wise was awesome because you, you're by yourself. Yeah. You just sit there and think. Yeah. You will think of something and then like I'd call our stewards coach, like, hey like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I just thought about this, like, talk, like, let me talk this through, like, see what yeah. you think, and like, yeah, all right, uh, you know, or, you know, you just kind of saying, same thing in the mornings, you, I'm just drinking my coffee for 45 minutes and just yeah. thinking, you know, yeah. um, now, I was, I've always been a person, though, that has put work before, you know, you always hear, like, do you work to live or live to work, you know, right, um, like, I've always put work first,
3: yeah, um,
1: well, not like when I had, you know, crappy jobs like in high school, but like yeah, know, I get, yeah,
4: I got yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, it. you know, like I was up there till eight thirty, nine o'clock, not just to say I was, like just making sure, like, am I missing any detail? You know what right. I mean? Right. Um but then um son is born. And then obviously, you know, when I became a in the coordinator in 14, obviously, you know that you know, that adds extra layers of absolutely responsibility, stuff you gotta take care of, like. So um in February of 17, our first kid was born. And like it was back in my mind, like, okay, like I got I've never done that, you know. I've sure. never done yeah. the football season with the kid. You hear all the horror stories, right? You hear all the either people getting out or marriages that don't last or you know, mm-hmm. bad relationships because coaches, you know, and, and our assistant head coach, Sean Evans, who's now the head coach of Texas City. He, uh, he worked for Tony Heath at Paraland and he told me something and I've always remembered it. And it's kind of sad. Um, but, and he, Tony Heath says, you're the coach of the year or father of the year. There's no possible way you can be booked. And I think there's some truth to that just because there's so many hours away from, you know, now there's some guys that in, you never know everyone's a hundred, you know, situation, but from the outside looking in there's some guys like, man, they seem like they've got a great balance like right. they're really good coaches they always super prepared and it seems like they've got great you know they're great with their kids and all that like right one that comes to mind is jason britain at angleton like great dude,
0: call. great call yes i
1: mean the dude like he does <laughs> yeah. you know, like he is everywhere in angleton Boom. but then you look and he's and he's like running
0: camp. marathons now like coach Britton is yeah. in yeah. great shape i, mean, I don't like, know
1: where sits he all the time he's like a, yeah he's like a freak of nature like yeah. it's like yeah. dude do you like do you not sleep like how do you get this many hours in a day to sure you know, right and right kids and, you know,
0: but, um, damn good football team too. They had a
1: great season. And he's very like an outside the box guy. Like he, like he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good one. Um, and so I was kind of nervous about it. Not only having the kid first football season, all that, but also then you add in the 45 minute commute sure, in the morning and at night. Well, that's an hour and a half that, you know, um, and just like with my wife's job, we weren't going to move down Texas. You know, like it was right. good for her job. Right. So, you know, I was kind of like, and I was nervous just because I know myself being like, I've always chose work first, but like now kids involved. So that's that's something I never, I yeah. never dealt with, you know. Um, and we had just bought a bunch of stuff from Coachcom, and I was I was on football scoop one day, just like I do every morning, just to see like, hey, what's going on with football scoop. Yeah. Like Coach Calm had a, a job posting. I was like, well, wow. Like, you know, like yeah. the guy, our rep seems like, you know, he's pretty he's happy and, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, this and that. And so I, te- I didn't know he left. I just texted him because I figured a job posting just said like a, a rep in Austin, Houston, San Antonio. <laughs> so I texted him and he just said, send your resume to this guy. And I'm like, oh, well, I have no business experience. So I'm not, <laughs> not definitely not getting yeah. this job. So like I didn't even make a cover letter because I was like, I, I gotta apply for it to say I did. Right. So I don't even change my resume. Like it was the same resume I applied for, and I didn't know so after the fact, but <laughs> same resume I applied for the head job at Brazosport, So it still said like seeking AD slash head football coach on it. Like
0: I was like no <laughs> <Well>, oh, exporters. <laughs> yeah,
1: I just no doubt, like, a big a big anchor on it, right? So um no, it's all I was like, and I, like, hits in. I was like, oh, crap. I was like, whatever, dude. Yeah. I'm not getting anyway. Well, like, two weeks later, me and my wife are just sitting there, like, on a Sunday in our living room, and my boss now emails me. Hey, I'll be in Houston on these dates. I'd love to interview you. And I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I looked at my wife, and I was like, I was like, I'm like I like a freshman coach interviewing for a head football job. Like, I have known yeah. nothing about business, you yeah. know. I've never, written, like, sold anything in terms of, like, product. You know, I was like, what? you know, like, I started Googling, like, There's all these like sales like rule. I'm like, (laughs) this is going to be terrible. You like the uh,
0: movie Step Brothers? Yeah, kind of like in Step Brothers, you're doing like
1: prestige worldwide. You're like learning
0: (laughs) learning how to invest.
1: (laughs) It was yummy. And so what's funny is like I never I've never been one to get nervous for interviews. Sure, sure. um Especially you know football, like it's pretty comfortable. But there is kind of like that, like especially for a head coaching job, you have no idea what they're going to ask, but. For like coordinator position coach i mean you go in there talk football whatever but there is always kind of that kind of like weird feeling of like you know this one dude i was stressed for because i was like if i look like an idiot i don't care like yeah, it's not like yeah. it's a, a football coach is gonna call around that like, this guy's an idiot you know so
3: yeah
1: i was like whatever so um obviously interview goes real well um for me and like what they told me about the job and stuff. And so, you know, I was, you know, so I thought about just kind of everything, like with the new, you know, the new, the new baby and, and all that. And I just kind of came to realization. Like, I just was, was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. And my wife was like, are you sure? Like she was, she thought there's no way. Cause yeah. she know, you know, I, it's all I've ever wanted to do is play football or coach football. And so yeah, yeah. she was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I was like, if I hate it after two years, I can always get right back in. Absolutely. You know, she's like, yeah, but like, you think you could be a coordinator? I was like, probably not unless like a good buddy of mine was a head coach somewhere. But I was like, I worked my way up quick the first time. Like, you will we're fine, you know. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's funny. Your wife sounds
0: a great coaching wife, by the way, that she's like concerned about.
1: (laughs) Can you be a coordinator? I love that, actually. That's great. She thought there was no way. He gets it. (laughs) Yeah. And so – yeah uh, and so anyway so it's funny though now you know like that first year everyone told me that it had gotten out you know because i made some calls like yeah. i don't know if you know jambroni the riddell guy uh but he no i don't think so he used to be the houston ref for riddell and now he's like way up there but he used to you know coach and so i called him i said hey man here's the deal he like tell me what what am i doing and he told me some good stuff he's like don't touch your trs leave it there in case you get back in but Agreed. And he said you know what yeah. he's like you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. And you'll know, you know, you'll know quit. He's like, give it two years though. You know, you might have a bad first year cause you're new to right. it, but sure. you know, whatever. And he said, if you hate it, there's nothing wrong with it, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, he asked me some just kind of questions like about the business just to see, to make sure like he thought it was good. He was like, yeah, that sounds good. And, you know? um Yeah. I mean, he's like, just trust your gut. But yeah, I mean, just do what you want. And so anyway, so, um, It's funny, he didn't tell he told me, he said, you'll know the the thing he told me said, you'll know that if the first year you're missing football a ton, just remember every year you're out, it'll get less and less. He said, if the first year you don't miss it, he goes, I guarantee you're gonna stick with it. And I was like, dude, I'm probably gonna miss a lot, you know. And so and I still do miss football, but like the whole the football part, I think I'll always kind of always remember and miss and all that. It's all yeah. the other stuff that comes with it. Right. But it was weird, man. That first year I was fine. Like I, yeah, I think I, I was just putting so much time in.
0: Yeah. I you were trying to much. succeed in your new role. Yes. Yeah. I get it. Yeah.
1: And I, I think like I was almost becoming obsessed, like with every little detail with this yeah. and like I think I needed to step back and just take a breath. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like hey. it was fun to like go to high school games and just, watch it like a regular part. Not like sit there and be like, all right, what is safety doing here? Right, what formation? Like, right, like right, I was, right. so I was just sitting there and be like, I'm just gonna watch the ball. Like follow the ball like a fan. Like I'm not going to yeah. see if they're the three down, four down. Like I'm just, and like, it was <laughs> like, it was great, you know? And so, yeah. um, and like I said, like, I still, I still miss it, but like, it's funny now, you know, I've been out for five and a half years now and, uh, no, six years now, but, um, Looking back on it, like family-wise, best decision I could ever make, you know, Be- because of, yes, I do travel a lot, but most of the time it's, you know, it's during the week. So like, just, I always think like all those weekends I would have missed sure. with the kids if I was coaching, like the only weekends I miss, or, you know, if there's a clinic, which I don't have to do a ton of clinics, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. three or four years. Besides that, on all weekends, I'm I'm at home, you know, so um just looking back, I think the older I've gotten and what's important in life, you know, like I like it's it's kind of a, it was a blessing in disguise. And I think I think kind of a God thing like he knew, yeah. like he, he probably knew, like if this dude coaches, he's he's going to be a pretty shitty dad. You know what I mean? Just See, I think I think
0: careful. that's the thing I think, Chase, with you is, you know, like I I've seen so many coaches that are great dads, you know but you are just so detail oriented you know what i mean and you've talked about, like I, I just think you it would be hard for you to leave that office
1: when you, yeah, know, yeah, just, you know what i mean I, and so
0: you knew that about yourself and mm-hmm. uh and yeah. i'm very
1: like ocd like i right, can't sure. like i'm right. like no it's not done like i can't leave until it's done you know right, and then right, right, right. and i'm like that with coach Con. like like some of our work like i have, like a certain order i have to go in you know like, right. it's weird yeah. but um but at the same time instead of being like in a business like i'm I work out of my house when I'm not traveling. So like I'm here. So, yeah. and there's a lot of flexibility, which you're, you know, when you're in a school building, you have to be at that classroom door at 838 because that's when class starts. You know what I mean? Here it's like, if my wife is stuck in a meeting or something like that, and she calls, Hey, can you go with the kids? Sure. You know, like, yeah. it's just, you got some freedom, you know, but it's just kind of a different thing that coaches are to used to because they've always been like in the same mold of, you can't really just, like, leave school to go, like, run an errand for your wife whenever <laughs> whenever yeah. she needs you to, you know? And it's just, it, but, like, the the time I've been able to spend with my kids, like, it's funny, I tell people jokingly, I'm like, I tell people, I'm the guy I used to talk shit about. It's <laughs> like, when I'm, when I hear people, like, oh, he got out to be a, a principal to the first kids, yeah. I was like, what a tool, man. Like, <laughs> who would do that? And then <laughs> I do the same thing. I'm like, now I get it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, for me, like, I, I people always ask, like, you know, uh, how do you like it? You know, and it, I've done a couple of different jobs in sales since mm-hmm. the time I've been out. And what I always tell people, man, if if I didn't have Dactronics, I would be back in coaching because mm-hmm. I mean there there are a lot of really tough sales jobs, and I think a lot of people think that you walk into these sales jobs and they're handing out six figure salaries. And I'm I've never made six figures in sales personally, you know. And I and I it's like it's not that easy. It's it's high stress at times, you know, in that environment of having to sell. And so the Dactronics, though, similar to you of Coachcom. I'm working with the people that I like to be working with. I'm 100%. working with ads and coaches, like that. That's why I like it. The, the other jobs I've done, man, I uh, it wasn't, man. So what, what I say that for? Whenever teachers are struggling, man, I, I know things are harder even than when I left. Talking to some friends, mm-hmm. I know things are getting tough, and you know, the obviously COVID was a big, just yeah, big change and everything. But I would encourage people that it's just it's grass isn't always greener, man. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I miss about coaching. The football, I was able to do the broadcasting, which I actually kind of really have enjoyed, man. The thing I like about about being out of uh, not having a team is now I can kind of focus on the whole picture. Like, I can go broadcast different games, see different buddies, call their Mm -hmm. games. Like, I just love it. Um, But the thing that I miss is, and I'm sure you feel the same way, is, like, the players I keep up with now, like, some of those kids from that defense you played against, like, my nose guard, I still to this day, we do podcasts together and we hang out all the time. Right that's the last of those relationships i'm ever going to form that that makes me sad man. Yeah. whereas the coaches they get this a new group of kids every right. year like that's the thing that makes me sad man but um but yeah i saw so anyone listening again do a coach Fick did you know just just weigh what your situation every situation is different right you know your personal situation the school you're at your commute the job you're taking and i just say be very be very careful, but also like there's a lot of great things about education and, you know, I know I know there's like, some tough things after COVID, but uh, a lot of great things, too. But um. OK, a couple couple last questions here. You said you lived in the Heights. I also lived in the Heights for a time, so we we're kind of there. And then I yep. moved to Katie. You lived in Siena for a time, which is where I used to coach at. But I'm kind of interested. You live in Friendswood now. And that's a town I've always been kind of intrigued by because my first ever teaching job, a lot of people don't know this. I wasn't a coach, but I was a teacher at Clearbrook High School. I was Wolverine oh, okay. I Wolverine that. for a semester. So Clearbrook oh. has actually got a Friendswood address. So it's, yes, it's right it there, even though it's Clear Creek ISD, you know, but Friendswood always intrigues me because like we always talk about one horse towns. I think Friendswood is kind of like a, a forgotten one horse town sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it, it is a one horse town, you know, and I feel like Friendswood, they're always good maybe not like contending like at the very, very deep into the playoff, but they're always just a tough out and they're never mm-hmm. really bad for the most part. You know what I mean? They're right. just a good program. It seems like a nice small town feel a little bit, you know, older, which mm-hmm. I kind of like sometimes. not, not all the new master plan, but like kind an right. yes. older feel to it just for any people here listening, think about real estate or where to, their family, you know, I just moved mine to Katie, like talk to us about what it's like to live in Friendswood with a family. I'm just really curious about that.
1: So it's funny, what's funny is how we ended up here. So, you know, we built the house in Sienna, you right. know, and that's we built it before we had kids, but knew, you know, knowing we're about to have kids, whatever. And we love Siena, right? right? Like, um, great community. You know, like I heard some of the stuff that the coach favors are saying, like it almost feels like that community is a one horse town for Rich yeah. Point, you know, and yeah, and all that. Well. So, you know, my wife is in the business school. So her, like, you know, when a school builds a – when a district builds a new school and they redraw the lines, she didn't know any about, anything yeah. about that. And so yeah. when they – I can't remember what year it was, but it was, like, <clears throat> one summer, they were saying, like, Point was busted the seams. And they were like, yeah. okay, like, this third of point has got to go to Hightower. And people lost their shit.
0: I like, remember hearing about that, Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: like they were, like, protesting on Highway 6 – I wow, wow. Like, i didn't know that <laughs> oh dude like the people say so yeah it was bad and so my wife was like what are they so mad about i said okay let me explain this to you like people move to seeing a two go to bridgeport
3: mm-hmm.
1: now like hightower in my opinion it's just it's, it's just a different feel for me you know it's not not the same experience so like they're pissed especially if they just bought a house like i'd be i would be pretty pissed too you know whatever well, so well she was like well that sucks so like she was under the impression like no matter what, like our kids would go to Ridgepoint. I'm like, by then, like, there could be two high schools in Siena. Like, you know, is never that what know. you like, were
0: kind of sold on? I'm just curious. like, was, was that kind of like a selling pitch? Was like, everyone here is going to go to Ridgepoint, or, or is that just something
1: that, people yeah, like we it was weird. Like, we kind of were looking at houses, we went and looked at Katie, uh-huh. um, and like just Siena, like just this whole like neighborhood feel of Siena, yeah, like we just really liked that's it. that's the draw,
0: right? Because it, it when I was there, it felt like a one horse town mm-hmm. because everything everything you need is inside of santa so you don't really have to leave and so that that yeah. is why the community developed like that so yeah i totally 100%. get
1: 100 percent. and then it was funny because you know like like i said i've always kind of had my eye on y'all from like the district track me the yep. district track me and play so you got like ridge like, you kind of wanted your kids
0: to go to ridge point i get it yeah, yeah, yeah i mean it was like, it's
1: <laughs> funny funny how this came full circle now that i live right yeah. here you know but um you know and and you know so but Bridgepoint is very it's funny like it's kind of different like I feel like in the back of uh, Sienna um it's a little older and not like it doesn't feel as master planned as like some of the front you know okay. I don't mind that my wife was not a huge fan like my wife likes big mature trees and you know all of that so. right it like it wasn't it was fine and then once the school thing happened she was like well that's I don't want that and so I was like well that's just how big school districts are Every time they build a new school, they have to redraw lines. If a school gets too right. big, like, it's just how it is. And so, I said, by the time our kids are in high school, there might be two high schools in Siena. Crawford will be
0: opening. And so, again, I don't know how it's all – Crawford's the, the the new one, you know. And so, I don't know how it's all going to play out. Right. I guess from what I'm hearing, I think that the, the community won out or the families won out. I think most of Siena is going to continue at Ridgepoint, I think. Yes. Except maybe the new stuff in the very back that – Right, new stuff. Maybe we'll go to Crawford. I'm not really sure, though. I
1: yeah, I'm not either. It yeah. seems like no one is. Like everyone, I, everyone it, it, exactly. You, you, you
0: really don't know. It depends how it all shakes out. So
1: right, and so, so at that point, she said, "Well, like, what's the best? What's the best school in Houston? Like, that's close to her job. That'll only have one high school." And I'm like, "Well, here's the bad part. Like, Houston is not a one horse town type of place." Right. Like, I said, really, like off the top of my head, the only one horse towns that are that were close enough for her to drive were, uh, like Friendswood, Santa Fe, and Dickinson, Dickinson and Deer yeah. Park. Yeah. You know, Deer Park, yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, and like, not saying anyway for people to Dickinson and all that. I just, I, I felt like Friendswood, school district wise, uh-huh. I would feel much more comfortable with my kids going to Friendswood than you know the dicks or whatever. So.
0: And Friendswood's closer to where you were at in Siena. I mean, it's kind of yes. that same. Close where we're where we're at, town, yeah.
1: closer where we at. It's closer for my yeah. wife. you know. So, um, and I was pretty familiar with it because they were either always in our district or we, if they were not, they were always our first game. So right. we always right, played right. each other and all that. And I was pretty, I was pretty good friends with coach Koopman. So, you know, I could call him like, Hey, like not coach talk. Like what's the real, like tell me about Friendswood. Cause he's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. he's been here forever. Um and he's the one that told me i never knew this the school district is only 16 square miles that's it so it's like it's never gonna have to like that's cool that's
3: really cool if you you
1: get landlocked, and you're never gonna have you know and you go look at the history they're always around between 2000 and 2300 kids
0: yeah they're not 6a it's not 6a it's 5a (laughs) they
1: went 6a for one realignment They they were actually that was like one of their better teams they ended up going to the third round at 6a their first year but yeah yeah i mean they're never like that one year they were like one of the smallest 6as in the state but yeah. yeah i mean you're yeah it's just um and so we started looking at houses and all that and finally got one um and moved down here and we like it's a little it's different than Siena, like just a little more cliquish you know like you kind of got to like get in with the cool crowd and feel a little, like parent wise a little bit you yeah. know but but, um, well, let me
0: ask you this, and again, I'm nerding out on this. I'm sorry, people, if you can fast forward if I'm getting too off topic. <laughs> but I'm just curious, in this town, is it like where there's people that have been there for a long time? Or, or like are there new – because you know how like in the Heights, you have a lot of young couples moving in there. Yes. Is, is Friendswood kind of like the Heights where you're getting some of the young couples moving in? Or is it more scattered like,
1: and older or older? I could be way off, but just from my talking to people, it's like 50-50. Like there's a guy, a dad that was on my son's baseball team like, and he's older than I am. He's like 45. He went to Friendswood. Yeah. His parents still live in Friendswood. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like, there's a lot of people like that, that have, that have Stand come up. back. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? That, like that. And there's also people like us that newer families that have moved in. Um, So I, it's kind of like a mixture of both, Very which cool. I kind of like, you know? um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's um, so far it's been good. We like to, you know, the, my daughter's three, so she's not, you know, she's in preschool still, but, uh, why well, I'll be in first grade next year. So it's, cool. this first year kindergarten went really well. So yeah, I mean, everything's everything's so far so good. So.
0: Well, now you're, now you're a dad, you're a sports dad, you're a former coach. So like you're, I'm in, I have a one-year-old, you know, so I'm yeah. going to be in this position at some point, I hope. Um, I, the thing I want to ask you, and I I, I do this podcast because I just love, love coaches. They, they saved my life. Like I, I was in a dysfunctional home growing up, so I needed male role models and I founded in my coaches at Austin High School, Fort Bend, Austin High School. And so I love sports. I love talking, I love broadcasting sports so I can mm-hmm. celebrate. I love podcasting about coaches. But now that I'm out of it and I'm broadcasting, I'm sitting in the stands, I'm hearing more of the negativity that I couldn't hear when I was on the sideline coaching. you know what I mean? And it really pisses me off and I'm thinking about when I become a dad and it's also like my flesh and blood is out there and I'm hearing these parents saying all these ignorant things and just all, towards the officials or the coaches or this that and the other I'm really curious how I'm going to handle that as go a to guy to coach what's that
3: go
1: to the outfield
3: go to the outfield. yeah
0: I'll, I'll be the guy sitting like in the bed of my truck behind the in the parking lot you know but like I you know you're you're like me you've coached at a high level you understand what it's all about you get it you understand what it's supposed to look like you're probably annoyed by parents who don't, but talk to us for other listeners that are sports dads or similar to my position, maybe older kids or whatever, or wanting to start a family in the future. What advice can you give to guys like us that are, that have coached at a high level or to any parents really, but what advice can you give, you know, for handling youth sport culture? Cause I'm actually kind of dreading parts of it, coach.
1: Dude, It's so I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's actually, he works with Will. He's the DC of Bernie. Um, it's like use forces to become a cult because yeah. they've got you. Like, because it's one of you do one of two things. Be like, I'm not buying into this. And like, like we have friends that their kids play sports, but they're their their parents are like, We refuse to let sports take over our weekend. So like we're gonna go out of the boat and this and that. Right. We're like, okay, you can do that, but then like your kid's gonna be so far behind, right? Like right. and so it's probably not gonna pan out. And then the other side of it is and I'm not saying, and like, I've been adamant, like, no, I'm not doing year round baseball. I'm not doing year round basketball. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Sports in season, we're going to play that. Like, if he doesn't like it, we'll figure it out there. But we're not going to keep doing, like, we're not going to do this year round stuff, at least not yet. Like, yeah. it feels like the stories I hear, it's like you can't avoid it. But like, it's just, you know, me and my – it's funny you ask that because me and my wife were talking about it this weekend. It's just, it's crazy at six years old how competitive youth sports is i mean they're right. playing t-ball and it's like cutthroat. not really from the parents like being terrible but i mean just like some of the coaches like trying to kind of like not like cheat cheat but like bend the rules i'm like guys it's it's t-ball man like it been but i'm guilty of not of cheating but like i'm guilty of getting fired up like like if it's a close game of t-ball i'll get up and i'll like all like pace up and down and I'm like what am I do like it's t- <laughs> right you know like you just get sucked into it it's just and I just don't remember and maybe it was always like that I just don't remember as a kid being that like this high stress for a six-year-old t-ball game. you I, know what I mean and and it's everything though it's it's t ball.
0: my brother told a story uh his wife is, is volunteer coaching a, a, a girls t-ball team and the other, there's this one other team in the league that they purposely position the girls, like not in a traditional batting stance, but they kind of tilt them towards third base to hit uh, it, to knock mm-hmm. it, bunt it that direction, basically, or slap it that direction because yeah. so nobody can make the throw to first. And right. they'll always send them to second base. Even though it should be an easy out at second, they'll just send the girl to second because they know the girls can't really throw can't it throw, Right. It's just, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I... Like, and it drives well, my brother's wife crazy because she's not like that. Her, she's the daughter of a coach. And so she's just mm-hmm. trying to teach the kids how to play the ball game right.
1: right, you know? Right. Like, what are we doing? You know, it's funny, man. Like, if you have time, look up this YouTube Frank Martin on officials. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you've seen that I think before, I have man. seen that, yeah. yeah, but man, like, I'll watch that probably two or three times a year, man. And, like, everything he says in that, because he talks about parents and he talks about officials and he talks about kids in youth sports. And, man, like, he is so dead on, like... He's right. Like, why are we yelling at officials? Like, do you really think, like, did some of the officials, like, blow some calls against my son's team? Absolutely. But, like, do you think he really woke up and was like, I'm going to really stick it to that six-year-old T-ball team because right. I don't like their play. Right. You know? And then, like, and he's making, what, 50 bucks a game maybe? Right. Like, yeah. what? And then, like, the coaches. Okay. They're giving up their personal time <laughs> to work with other people's children. Like. Right. We're yelling at coaches, you know, and like and he had a good point. He said, you know, what's happening is, you know, like kids are getting yelled at from a coach, from the parents, and they, like they're like freaking like LeBron James in the NBA finals, like they can handle that. Like he's like, So what happens is when you've got this and that going at you, it, what kids do, they just shut everything off and they're like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, you know, and they just don't listen to anybody. And I think he's got. I think he's got a lot of the to do that. You know, like, they just – there's so much noise coming from so many. And when they're really young, they're, like, they can't handle it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, know, it's not bad, but, like, my son, like, he's got, like, some anxiety issues. Not, like, serious where you got to, like – But, like, you yeah.
4: yeah.
1: like, I got by that like, dude. take a deep breath. You're fine. Right. Like, like you're good. Like, but – and I think not only that's the whole reason of it, but, like, it's just – it's just it's crazy. crazy. Got to like be how, part of it, and
0: you yeah. know, Coach. I, I was talking to Larry McRae, the OC at Allen. He used to be yeah. head football coach at Clear Lake, and yeah. he was talking about how he purposely didn't coach his son's youth sports because he wanted the he wanted his son to hear a different voice. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want Dad to be the coach. He wanted just because uh, Dad's always going to be talking about sports, right? So he wanted someone else to do it. I agree with that in a way, but also me more selfishly. I kind of don't want to be the coach because I I know that the other coaches and parents are kind of pissed me off. And so I kind of just want to be the guy sitting far away watching, you know, but I kind of wonder, I mean, at least in football, you know, guys like you and me, we have a lot of knowledge. Like, I feel like I could help kind of teach kids fundamentals and how to play the game. Right. So I almost kind of feel like I'm wasting a gift that I could give. So I kind of wonder for you, man, you're a couple of years ahead of me do you want to, do you plan on coaching your son in sports? Or are you more like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm here to, I'm a supportive parent. I'm not a bad parent. I'm going to support any way I can, but I don't want to be the coach. I'm just curious. Right, so, How are you approaching So
1: it? It's funny. Like I'm kind of torn. Like at first I was like, I'm not coaching. I'm going to be a dad. I'm yeah, whatever. But the coach in you, like, it's hard to turn it off. Like yeah. when you de- do see something, not that the coach is doing wrong, but like, sure. like we said, they're dads. Like they, they, yeah. they have a coach. Like there's something they don't know. Like, right, you know, like, and you can be like, man, I could really help if, you know, with the organization or whatever. And so, like, I went from I'm not coaching to I got wrangled in last year to, to be the head coach of my son's flag football team. And yeah. I was like, I'm like, never being a head coach again. And simply put, it really wasn't the code. the like, kids were fun, all that. But, like, all the organization stuff, not like in terms of like telling parents what practice is. And then, yeah, like, yeah. dude, I just, I just, I just wanted to, like, the coaching part wasn't bad, and so, like, I struggle with going back and forth. Like, I, I just want to be a dad and watch, and then I'll see something and want to go coach, and then I get out to coach. I'm like, why did I do this You know, but like, and so I've I've kind of trying to find my niche, and then like, my son's about to start flag football again. Well, there's one dad that's out here that's really good with kids, pretty knowledgeable. He he. Um, well, he knows that, like, I was the OC of Texas City. So, yeah. like, we had just had a team parent meeting. And I was like, anyone volunteer coach? And, like, I didn't raise my hands. I'm like, you're doing it because, like, you can help. <laughs> and so, but, like, I told my wife, I was like, no head coaching. Like, if yes. if I get asked to help, like, oh, or, you know, a lot of, like, youth sports, it's like there's a head coach and assistant coach, and then the group of dads that come help sure. when they yeah. can. Like, I'm in that. I would love, I'm in more in that the helper Sure, sure. The help sure. I can phase, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um So yeah, it's because like I said, yeah, like I said, it's you want to sit back and say no, like I've already been, I've been there, done that. I just want to watch my kid. Then you see stuff, you're like okay, I need to help, you know, like and not help your kid, like just help something else. Like, I agree,
3: yeah, you know, and I do try, I
1: try hard because I've seen a coach and and his that's coaches kid like in high school, you know, like. I've seen coaches do it great. I've also seen coaches like take it home where yeah. they never put the dad hat on. They're coach all the time. And it's right. mis- you know, so I try not to like when I am helping out, like I try my best to like not focus on my kid at all. Right. Almost like almost like talk to him less to you know, sure. And, sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy. But like yeah, it's the the youth sports movement is it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm
0: interested, man. I cannot wait to see how we we navigate it as a family because I I have some I don't know I have opinions, but I just don't know how I'm gonna feel. So I'm 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 like I'm like you. I'm I'm kind of thinking the same way you are, but we'll we'll see how it goes. The so coach, we're kind of getting towards the end here. A couple fun things and some fun stories. You met all of the Rockets from the back-to-back championship championship years in ninety-four and ninety-five, uh, because the, the minority owner of the Rockets was one of your dad's clients. So he actually got you all tickets and let you go in the locker room after all the time. The all the
1: wow. time. Tell us about
0: that hey, because all my like fans here are mostly rockets.
1: Right. So um, so yeah, it was you know, it was the two years Jordan sat out, right? So now now I realize why thanks for reminding us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and that was like the years, right? I mean, Clyde, that's you know, it is Clyde that is that's accurate. Hakeem and Vernon Maxwell, Sam Cassell, Otis Thorpe, yeah, Sam Cassell, Cassell yeah, Robert
0: Ory, Kenny Smith, Scotty Pross <laughs> was on that,
1: Those teams, the the coach from the Thunder, you know, like. Um, but yeah, so we would go, and it was funny, you know. Now you think like, oh, if you're know the owner, you're in the box. Like we were never in a suite with. Like he would get us tickets, but not with him. Ah. But we had great seats, like row three, right behind the backboard. You know, like yeah. well, like. One game, it was the NBA Finals, and we sat, like, right next to Akeem Olajuwon's parents. You know, like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was, wow. yeah. And so, and then after the game, we'd get to go, um we'd get to go in the locker room. And then they have, like, a, almost like a, from a little kid, from what I remember, it, it almost kind of, like, it was like a big empty room, almost like a hotel meeting room, where they'd have, like, their after-game meal or whatever, yeah. and they'd let me go, like, free run, like, just autographs. You know, I mean, it was, yeah, it was cool. We met. Um the year they played the, the play the New York Knicks in the finals. Yeah. We yep. uh that was we, the first one. Yep. Yeah, we um we got to actually sit and talk with Evander Holyfield, which is around the same time the Tyson <laughs> ear fight. <pie>. Yeah, <laughs> the was, real deal yeah. Holyfield. Oh my yeah, god, you, you're living every nineties kid's dream. Jesus <laughs> Yeah. I mean it was it was pretty sweet, man. Like and it was you know, it was kind of I was too young to realize like yeah, we're just gonna hop in the car and go to Houston because it's a free, you know, it's a finals game. We got yeah. a great ticket, like in this whole experience. And like again, I was like, okay, like, cool, this is cool, you know. But now I'm like, damn, like that was awesome, like you know that, that is the whole incredible. experience. And oh, so wow. it's funny, like i have kind of because of that, I'm kind of always like rooting a little bit more for the Rockets and like the Spurs and the Mavs, just because I've always had that kind of like that connection, yeah, you know.
0: Great stuff, man. That that was a nostalgia trip right there. I I just watched the American Gladiators documentary with my wife on Netflix, and oh, was we really that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that nineties just that, so that took me back, man. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. Now you said you like you said you root for all the Texas teams. Um, you're more of a fan of certain coaches and teams. I, I do see this. I have heard this response from several of our guests that are kind of just, especially guys like you that love scheme. A lot of times you don't get like necessarily tied to a certain team. You love the scheme of it. And so I'm not surprised you had that answer, but do you want to share any of those certain coaches that you are like a really big fan of their, their scheme or their way that they
1: program? So, you know, I'm a a big scheme guy. And also like, you know, like pro like certain programs, like obviously like Nick Saban, right. right, Yeah. Sure. Yeah. dude's a goat. Um, I, you know, I'm Well, it's either love think, him or hate
4: him,
0: right? Like, I'm with you. I love Sabin. I love Belichick. Per- like, I just respect the longevity. Other people hate that, hate them. You know? So, yeah, you're you're on that. That's
1: what I've always tried to tell people, like, people, are like, well, I hate Sabin. He's got the best players. Well, that's his job to get the best players. Like, that's not, <laughs> you can't hate him for that. Like, what do you want to recruit bad one? Like,
4: yeah,
3: sure. but
1: like, if people, yeah, like, well, I want parody, but I get it. Like, that's, I do believe parody is better for the sport, but at the same time, like, you've got to respect, like, the run that he has been on. Like, it's unbelievable, you know? And I think we're kind of seeing, like, Alabama 2.0 at Georgia right now because, like, I just remember, like, with Saban, when they were – when Bama was, like, in their heyday, heyday, I would turn them on and be like, dude, I would be scared to play, like, run against that defense. And (laughs) I feel the same way. Like, Georgia, like, they just seem so much bigger than everybody else. In fact, you know? Um, And then scheme-wise, you know, Lincoln Riley is a pretty – Pretty unbelievable. Like some of the stuff he does is so out of the box. But you're like, man, that's really good stuff. Um, like I like uh, Sark at Texas. I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think he's I think he's a great play caller. You know, I think kind of head coach. We'll see. You know, but um, TBD.
0: Still working. Probably we'll see. We'll see how.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got a lot of people are people are buying the stock this year. It seems like so. I mean We'll yeah. see. But like a play. I mean, I've always I've liked him since he was at USC back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, I've kind of always followed him, you know. And then, obviously, you know that his last year at Alabama, they were they were freakish on offense, you know. Like, and I just, I've always like with him, I've always like you always hear guys say like, "Oh, I want to get my guys in space." Well, yeah, but like he figures out to get out his stud in space. And that's yeah. what I can't like. Okay, everyone knows Devontae Smith was their guy, and he would be wide open all the time. Yeah. And, like. I get guys getting in space, but how do you get your stud in space all the time? You know, like yeah. that, that, yeah. that, that always impressed me. Um, another pro, like one of my favorites is your, your guy from Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. Um, hey, awesome. Yeah. You know, I just, I've, I've I have a lot of respect for guys that um, go to multiple places and turn it around. So like he's a San Diego turns around Stanford turns around. 49ers. Sit, you know, pros. Yeah. And what's funny about him? It was like, I thought he was about to get fired because he we was kinda, all did, <laughs> and then he's like after that he was like okay I'll, I'll turn it on i'll I'll show you now and then like ever since then you know but i kind of have respect for michigan like they talked to him and like, took like let's take less money and like where i think most places would have fired him yeah you know but i think a lot of i think at college sports now like people fire just to get the headline and they're like okay now who are we gonna go hire, like yeah. It uh, buys it was,
0: you time. It, was, it just buys you time to start the process over. Right.
1: Or I think, if you're smart, you have your guy. You fire him 24 hours later, you're hiring the next one. Like you are. But I'm sure Michigan was like, if we fire Harbaugh, he is the Michigan man. Yeah. Who are we going to go hire that's going to turn this around? Like Who's they bad? had to have said that. Like I, you know, like it happens to, all the
0: time. Look at look at Michigan of Lloyd Carr. He wins a national championship 97. Yeah. Suddenly, it's not good enough when he's not winning championships anymore, and now you get Rich Rod, and then. Mm-hmm. It took us 20 yeah. years
1: right. to get back to this 100%. point. You know? Well, and I say, so the same thing about like like crazy Texas fans. Like right. everyone, and before Mac Brown won a national championship, every time he lost to OU, oh, we want to fire all bottom. Like, y'all would love 10 wins a year every year now. Like, because they haven't done it since he left, all don't think, you know? Right. Or maybe they did one year with Herman, but. Totally agree, know. man.
0: If you find your leader, that that fits your culture just just stick with them right um, obviously if, if something crazy happens if you have to, sometimes you gotta cut a guy right. cut someone loose but no i'm with you man 100 i think the biggest thing just on the michigan he made the tough decision to get rid of Don Brown, you know, a well-respected yeah. defensive coordinator. But I'm going to tell you right now, and it, you know this because you know me. You've scouted me. I am the opposite style of defense. That guy he is
1: lit. complete opposite. He does, he does opposite. not care.
0: He does not care, and he doesn't zero, disguise it. And that's how Ohio State drops 70 on you. Right, yes. You know, but uh, anyhow. Well, well, Coach, last question, man. It's been a great episode. Last thing, just for some fun. You you're at one of those places, man. It it, it is up there with you know with, with uh you know your, your North Shore, your, your Duncanville, your, your 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 you know your Alito, your your Katy. You're one of those places, Lake Travis. You are a blue blood, in my opinion, of of high school football. Just give us your Mount Rushmore, you know, and you 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 you're one of those guys that have been around that town for a long time before it was the Lake Travis we know. So whether you want to give us some guys from your generation that maybe we haven't heard of, or if you're gonna go kind of more the bear uh you know, Baker Mayfield kind of route. But I'm just curious, your all-time Lake Travis top four, your all-time Lake Travis Mount Rushmore.
1: Oh, Lake Travis top four. So I'll
0: just put Todd Reese on there because he's kind of the first right. one that
1: put that put like that kind of like that Lake Travis quarterback Matt, yeah. like man, and and uh, what he did at Kansas. That that's yeah. pretty
0: cool. when you look back on it after all these years, they have it. It's pretty cool what they did.
1: I mean, he freaking him and Mangina won an orange bowl, you yes. know, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love He's, that pick. Actually, I love that pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and like, didn't um, so I'd go with him. I think, you know, he didn't really pan out in college as well. He did better at SMU, but Garrett Gilbert in high school yeah. was, yep.
3: Yep. He was like
1: a, a buddy of mine he was like student teaching at LA Travis and he kept telling me like, dude, this dude is the best player I've ever seen. I'm like, whatever. Like I know he's good, but like, he's just the best one. at like Travis that's, you know, like, and he's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this dude is different. I'm like, whatever. So the first game I ever saw him play was his junior year in the state semifinals. They played Dayton. And he went like 34 of 37. I was like, Holy shit. I mean, and just, and not throwing itches. <laughs> I mean he's throwing fades, he's throwing skinny posts, he's throwing yeah. twenty yard damn like, okay, this dude's pretty good. And then yeah. next year, then the next week they beat out of the park and I was like, I, I mean, this dude threw like a 50 yard bomb into like 30 mile an hour wind. And yeah. I was like, dude, this dude's like, okay. Now I now I should die, you know. So you gotta put him on there. Um you know it's it's hard. No one probably knows this kid, but he was a freak there uh his name was andy erickson okay he was like was kind of a scat bat, like receiver running back type he played i think he played i think he was like a year or two behind garrett so he played like I think he was the same class like michael brewer who quarterback. Yeah. so he was like a big chad morris and like when hank carter took over his his first year but he was he was kind of a do-it-all back yeah. um trying to think last one last one i got I me mean, i guess you gotta throw baker mayfield up i was gonna score. say you
0: didn't You didn't say bakers i don't know if that was by by well, a design
1: he, you know, he only started one year and they travis i guess i didn't know that full time yeah. i mean wow his story is kind of amazing of like yeah. what yeah. you know he had a great year obviously and then yeah but still no one offered him a scholarship but i mean I think you kinda of gotta get it to him. You know, I think a lot of people don't like his annex and some of the stuff he does. He's a divisive so, guy, right? Either you love yeah. him or you hate him. He's that yeah, guy. Yeah, but you gotta respect like dude, I mean, don't 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 have a lot of snaps in high school. Walk on a tech, win the job as a walk-on freshman that that in that offense. Yeah. Still don't get a scholarship because of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> right. He wants him to be the starter. to Oklahoma has a great career. I mean, it just like, dude, that's that's respectful, you know. So I mean, but yeah, that that's probably you think you got to put him on there just just for the. And I mean, he's really the most for all the quarterbacks like Travis has had. Like he's the most accomplished in terms of sure. career success, you know.
0: Great stuff, man. And and that was three quarterbacks and one scat back. But it, like you said, twenty years in a row, basically of uh yeah. a, you know Division one scholarship quarter. Or what was your stat? Was it? So-
1: Twenty years, so every every quarterback starting in the fall of two thousand four has gone Division One, not and not not SCS. necessarily because
0: Baker wasn't scholarship, I guess, but he, he went yeah, well, but he ended, yeah, yeah, ended you're up right,
1: that. but he ended up with scholarship, I guess, yeah, yeah, he and but, a Heisman, uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, but man, but this yeah. was so
0: much fun coach. If y'all enjoyed as much as I did again, take them, take five seconds, give us that five-star rating. It helps us so much to help people find the show, hit the follow button to subscribe. You'll get a new episode in your queue as soon as they come out each Sunday. And you can follow me on Twitter at coach underscore KOVO. Join the team player podcast revolution and hit us up at team player podcast at gmail.com with any feedback or guest recommendations. You know, we lift up our own here. We're building a really nice community. So any, if you had a coach that made a difference in your life, DM me on Twitter or, or teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com and we'll set it up. As always, the cover art and music for the Team Player podcast is provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr, and our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self titled debut album. Kaiser St. Cyr, by the way, was one of our defensive ends, number 90.
1: If you remember, I was, about to ask, I was just about to ask you, was that the kid that threw his helmet in that game? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> I thought when you said his name, it sounded familiar, but he was a good player. He was. You a have really a great
0: memory, player. by the way. That's incredible. Yeah. But yeah, Kaiser Saint Seiya is our guy. We
1: yeah. Yeah, I remember him, and I remember sniffing just beeline. I mean, he got it. He got a good in that night. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah but his it. name just I was like, I think that was it
0: K- Kaiser lost control in that moment, but man, he was one of our favorites on the team. He really was a yeah. great kid. He just, it was like you said, just left everything out there and was so mm-hmm. just emotional t- the whole game. It just, it ended up badly. So we, yeah. we apologize for that on the sideline. <laughs> Not to take away. <laughs> no, from your picture, I, I, right? got I got it. Uh, I was like, man, I get it, man. But now look at the talent, man. My cover art, Kaiser drew that and he's a very awesome. talented artist. And so, yeah, so proud of Kaiser, but yeah, Kaiser does the uh, art and intro next music by Averyon, one of my former players from Clements and that's going to do it, man. Thank you so much, Chase Fix. thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, man. I had a great time.
0: All right. Thanks to all the team players out there for your support and we'll catch y'all down the road.
2: I always feel like I need one more boy and one more line record the track just one more time my family think I bump my head lost my mind and them I'm just fine I'm good enough but I need one more boy and one more line record the track just one more time my family think I bump my head lost my mind and them I'm just fine I'm good enough but I need one more boy one more line record the track just one more time my family think i bumped my head lost my mind ensuring them I'm just, fine, I'm, I'm just fine i'm good enough but you be told i need some therapy initially ain't do it voluntarily but now i got a legacy